What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yeah, baby, we made it. Friday. What is up, everybody? Hope you're doing well out there. Rob Ellis, Tone to Shields. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Tone, what's up, my man? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, my friend. Uh, I can't complain not one bit. Glad to be on with you, as always. Let's have some fun today. Let's do it. Let's do it. Twiz, Bry Guy, Mike, William, Jim G, Jason, Nina, David, James, Amreus, Teresa, Matt. Let's see who else we have here. In the early going, Soul, Tyler, hope you guys are good. I'm awake, are you? Yes, good to see everybody out there. Uh, yeah, Tone, it's weird, uh, and we, we went through it last weekend too, but it is still weird when you go through an entire football season, 17 games, mm-hmm. regular season, then a playoff game where you have 18 weeks of getting ready for your team playing that weekend and they're not playing. There's a there's a little something missing, man. There is. I'm excited for the for the championship games. Don't get me wrong, but there is a little something missing. Yeah, I mean, let's let's call it what it is. The Eagles blew it. They blew their opportunity. <laughs> uh, they lost their golden they lost their golden ticket in the mail. Shout out to Willy Wonka. Um, they just they deserve to be they deserve to be where they yeah, are. Right, they're right where they should be. Maybe we deserve better as fans, right? As spectators, maybe we deserve better. But they deserve to be exactly where they are. Oh, yeah. Yep. Your record is who you as Bill Parcells, your your record is who you are, man. Right. And and sure. you you're you bounced because you deserved it. Uh, what is up, Joe? Ken, James, fitness rebel. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. They're they're you're right. It's not nobody was uh robbed. There wasn't a bad call by the officials. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have crazy injuries. There, there really isn't any kind of excuse at all. I mean, it is what it is. They, they're exactly where they should be. So let's hit a couple things here, Tony. We got a lot to do today. Anthony Sanfilippo is going to join us at 1230. Uh, interesting happenings with the Flyers. I will just say this. Uh, yes, Fitness Rebel, you did miss roll call. And, and you you, I got, you got a touch. You did. Uh, what is up, Eagles fans? What is up, Ken? Uh, 
So uh, let, let's hit a couple of these things, Tone. Vic Fangio, we know, is is going to be official sooner rather than later, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're hearing today is Joe Barry, who um, – and thank you, I'm awake, for the, 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 the cap tip. I appreciate it. Uh, he was fired as the D.C. of the Packers, but he's got a really good track record as a defensive coach. And one thing that's interesting to me, Tone, and this is something we'll really – you know, delve into a little bit because I have the five big questions for the Eagles. Um, Joe Barry and Vic Fangio, basically wherever they've gone, have had very good linebacker play. We know the Eagles don't have good linebacker play right now. So I do wonder if that doesn't signal if, again, Joe Barry's not hired yet, but I, I wonder if that signals that they are at least willing, even though Howie said, you know, we, we, he kind of denied it at the press conference, but I do wonder if they're willing to come off their stance a little bit and try to make linebacker a little bit more of a priority. Mm, I do wonder. Yeah. I mean, we, you have to consider it, right? Because at the end of the day, when you bring these guys in and when you couple it with the fact that Nick is losing leverage and losing power in every, in, in every aspect of the words, these guys, these new coaches, on both offense and defense, but more so in particular in defense in reference to what you're talking about. Uh, they're going to bring in their kind of staff, the people that can execute what they're trying to get across. And they're going to, they're going to speak to Harry Rosen about the personnel they need to execute the, the, the their respective game plans. So um, it's a possibility, you know, that Vic Fangio's presence can lend to maybe improved um, or higher attention rather uh, to the linebacker position. Um, Harry Roseman clearly has a ton of faith in N'Kobe Dean. Not sure how or why, but he does. And it's likely because he drafted him. Mm-hmm. But he has a lot of faith in him. And uh, I would like to be optimistic about N'Kobe Dean, but when it comes to his health, I'm pessimistic. Yeah, I'm optimistic about the talent. I'm pessimistic about the, about the health. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard for me to really look at him and say, ah, he can be the future. Uh they're going to have to probably sign someone in free agency as well, you know, at a deal that's pretty, pretty favorable for the team. They, they kind of piecemeal that position for the past few years. Yeah. Um, People forget before TJ Edwards really broke out, they were, they really weren't trying to put him on the field. They had Alex Singleton out there and they had the guy, Eric Wilson. Is that who it was? Oh God. He was a disaster. He was awful. awful. But eventually uh, I think Gannon woke up and said, okay, I think my two best linebackers are, at, at that moment are TJ Edwards and uh, Davion Taylor. Davion Taylor was starting to come on, remember? And then he got hurt in that Denver game after he forced a fumble. He got hurt, and you, we pretty much never seen Davion Taylor ever again. Yeah. But overall – And, we, you, by the way, you talk about two third-rounders in uh, that they whiffed on. Well, I, I can't say whiffed on. They whiffed on Davion Taylor. Trump, yes. Fury is very much out on Nicobe Dean. So I'm, I'm not going to do that to Nicobe Dean. But exactly. It's very exactly. much in question what there is there. Yeah. Exactly. But bottom line is you bring in a guy like Vic Fangio, wherever he's been, he's had competent to high quality linebacker play. Yeah. I would like to believe that the Eagles are going to lean into that. I because, think so. Too. Because of, because of what, what what's traveled with him everywhere he's going. Yeah. And maybe part. Part of it is wishful thinking on my part. part yeah. I mean, I mean, let's 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 be honest about it. Part of it is wishful thinking, but also part of it is paying attention to history and trends. Exactly. So, sure, we may be hoping for the best in terms of the Eagles, but the reality is, he has a trend. He yeah. has a track record. There's a history there that you can tangibly latch on to. Right. So maybe 
some people may call it what you're thinking. I say, well, we're just following the trend. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. and, and, and last time I checked, um, you know, that's what smart people do. They pay attention to the trends. They pay attention to history. You know what I mean? Yeah. To form what may happen in the future. That's how we yep. do this thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Um, it. Now, you go to the other side of the ball, offensive coordinator. So, um, you know, clearly that didn't work out. Here's what we know so far. Cliff Kingsbury, Jared Johnson, Kellen Moore. Now, uh, I'll play I'll play devil's advocate on the positive side for a couple of these just for a minute. Okay. okay. Um, let, let's start with Kingsbury. And you know, you I think you guys know where I stand. I'm not <laughs> I don't love any of these guys to tell you the truth, but I'm just going to give you the, the 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 positive side of this thing. So Kingsbury runs a very similar <clears throat> offensive approach to that of Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley was Jalen Hurts coach at Oklahoma his senior year when he transferred. And he had a great year with Lincoln Riley, as do a lot of quarterbacks, but he did. Uh, they run that air raid. It's not exact, but it's similar, okay, with the, in philosophies. That's the pro, one of the pros for Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, one of the pros for Kellen Moore is when he was with Dallas, for the most part, his offenses were ranked pretty high. At one point, they were number one. Uh, there are cons, which we'll get to. Jared Johnson. Jared Johnson is is considered an up and comer. In fact, he was the quarterbacks coach in Houston uh, with Bobby Slowick, where they, you know, really and C.J. Shroud was a, was a beast to his credit. But they did a great job cultivating him, developing him, getting the most out of him. And he's thought of uh, well. He is going to have multiple interviews uh, for the for offensive coordinator opportunities in the NFL this offseason. So the Eagles aren't the only ones who who like him. Um, now, the con on all of these guys, Kingsbury, couldn't succeed at a high level with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. You really could just drop the mic after that and, and kind of walk away, but, you know, whatever. Well, that That's not all. Um, did not have a great track record other than one winning season in Arizona. Now, you may say that he's got he had a quarterback with some traits that Jalen Hurts has, not the biggest guys in the world can move, you know, those kind of things. Okay. Fine, if you want to go there. And then, you know, Kellen Moore's close in in L.A. last year was horrible. Uh, Dallas's offense got markedly better, and so did Dak Prescott minus the playoffs. Got better when he left, okay? So that's the pros and the cons. Jim Bob Cooter's name's been put out there. He worked previously with Sirianni. Um, despite the weird name, the guy is a pretty respected, you know, uh, coach in the league. Anyway, that's – Kind of what we know offensively, Tone. Uh, as of right now, I would expect a lot more candidates to be coming in here. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. With this call. Nonetheless, uh, I think whatever they do, and I think you kind of touched on it, the Philadelphia Eagles have to do what's in the best interest of their quarterback. Because Jalen Hurts had a down year. You want so you want somebody to come in and look, I know I have my own opinions about Kingsbury, Kellen Moore. I don't know anything about Jared Johnson. But the reality is, if they end up being the guy, if one of those guys end up being a guy, can they maximize Jalen Hurts' skill set? Regardless, how, again, am I a Kingsbury fan? Do I like his face? Do I trust him? No. But if it's not about who I like. It's about can you get the job done? And I think that's what we got to wrap our mind around, right? 
forget if we like them or not. Forget if we like their personality. Forget if we like anything about how they handle past situations. In the context of their role in Philadelphia, can they bring the best out of Jalen Hurts? If that's possible, then I'm rolling with you. I'm, I'm rolling with you, to, um, you know, until the end of time. But if you can't, then, you know, that's when you're rolling the dice. So they have to get this move right, Rob. They have to. Yeah. Because you can't just keep shuffling offensive coordinators. No, you're hurting your quarterback. Been a lot the last three years. If you go yeah. back to prior, prior to um, Nick coming in with Steichen, you remember at the end of Doug, you know he he wanted his guys, they wanted their guys. Frank Reich left, Mike Grow. You know we went through a lot, so they they've had a lot of turnover. Now some of it is Frank Reich left to be a head coach, and Stane, Shane Steichen left to be a head coach. That's the that's the way it goes. But they've had a lot of turnover, and there's no doubt, Tone, that. Bouncing both of the coordinators that you hired last year is an awful look. So you can't you can't do that two years in a row. Like we could sit here and blame Nick for that. I don't believe that was Nick's call. I believe that came from above Nick. Whatever. But somebody's paying the price this year if the coordinators stink. If Vic Fangio doesn't work out, and whoever you hire is the offensive coordinator, like even Howie you know, is going to have a lot of explaining to do to Jeffrey Lurie, not to mention it's probably the end of Nick. If his two coordinators aren't good, he's going to be out too. So, you know, Fangio and the OC are critical hires. Let's go back to Fangio. I don't want to gloss over this because there were two stories yesterday of players in Miami not necessarily getting along with him. Um, One came from Drew Rosenhaus. Now, let's also be clear about this. Drew Rosenhaus represents 10 different Dolphins players. So there's an agenda there. I'm just saying. He's getting one side of this thing. I don't know that he's necessarily getting the other side of it. For what and Plus, he's an agent. Plus, he's an agent, and they're slippery. Okay? Yeah. To say the he, least. He, he can be very, um, what's the word, uh, unscrupulous. So you have that, and then you have an Albert Breer. Albert Breer was on Colin Coward on FS1 and, and did echo those same sentiments. So the gist of it is, you know, he wasn't seeing eye to eye, Vic Fangio, with everybody on the defensive side. Not all the players, but not everybody. Now, the other part that you're hearing coming out of there is some people in Miami saying, don't put this on Fangio. You got a lot of guys who who weren't willing to put the work in. You know, he they didn't like the fact that he would quiz them on, you know, some looks that they went over earlier in the week. Uh, he asked a couple guys to stay after who were struggling and they they weren't interested. So some of this, you know, you always got to look at, both sides have their have their agendas. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, you know, def- totally defending Fangio either. That's something the Eagles, I hope, vetted before they agreed to, to bring him here. Yeah, it's something you have to consider. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you definitely want to consider how how he jives with, you know, the um, you know, the personnel. You definitely want to keep that, you know, in mind. But also when you hear a competing story saying, like you just said. Well, there are realities. Some of these guys didn't really want to put, a, didn't really want to work hard. And you think about that is like, okay, they're in Miami. I can the culture of just that city can be aloof, right? Who knows? Overall, at the end of the day, that that it, it's hearsay, it's yeah. rumor, but he's here. He's signed. He's gonna he's gonna be the defensive coordinator. So regardless of what happened in Miami, we're going to find out very quickly if those stories are true, if they're if they were just simply rumors, if it was just guys who were just bitter, however you want to slice it. Yeah. But also, um, from what you know, from what I was hearing, um, 
Fangio didn't really like it down there anyway. Just just the overall, yeah. You know, he's a East Coast guy. You know, um, Philadelphia. You know, Pennsylvania. Like he's, yeah, Dun- he has Dunmore, he has, he has family there. You know, yep. so Miami might have been a little bit fast for him in term in terms of just like the culture of the city and just the area. So it probably made it easy for him to make his decision. He was trying to get, he was trying to get to Philly in the first place anyway, yeah. but now he's here. Regardless, we're going to find out very quickly if those if, if those are facts or if they just rumors. Well, here's what I would also say to that: to to you know, when your defense collapsed the collapsed the way the Eagles' defense collapsed last year, I mean, third worst in scoring, terrible against the pass, okay against the run, but we all know that a lot of that was early in the season. You know what? How about you dig in and listen and, and try and get better rather than pushing back if you had any kind of issues? Like this dude has a track record. A lot of these people, other than Fletcher Cox and a couple other guys, don't. So maybe you listen to what this guy's trying to say, you know, when he comes in here rather than worrying about what happened in Miami. Like I gotta I gotta take care of my own backyard before I worry about somebody else's. Yeah, like let's be honest, guys here, they have no league to stand on. I don't care about your opinions, okay? Y'all 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 gonna get the toughest coaching possible. Yeah, in my humble opinion. And you deserve y'all, it. Y'all again, y'all have no equity in this situation. You guys were awful down the stretch. It's time to get back to the drawing board and bring in some legitimate coaching in, in the building. Yeah, that, that's my thing. It's like I hear that. And it look, if the Eagles had lost another defensive coordinator to take a head coaching gig and the defense was great last year, I'd listen to it a little bit more. Okay. But I don't want to hear anything, quite frankly, the way this defense collapsed. Right. Like, as bad as they were. Yeah, there's no space for me to care about your opinion about someone's personality. Yes, you know you need Agreed. you guys need high quality coaching, not high quality pandering. Uh, yes, P- pandering is a good word. It's a good way. I don't. None of you deserved your rear ends kissed after the way that this thing went. It, it should be, you know. And I, I think one of the other things, tone that's going to be very interesting, um, is how Sirianni goes about things this year in terms of, I don't want to say discipline because I don't mean, hey, do 10 push-up nonsense. I mean, like, is there going to be a little bit more maybe accountability? Are you going to practice them a little bit harder? Like, I I value the fact that they care about keeping their guys fresh. And I don't mean uh, in the middle of the year, uh, some guy who's in his 10th year, you're going to make him grind on a Wednesday. I don't mean that stupid stuff. Like, that that to me is, is ridiculous. But I do mean, like, Maybe they took advantage of you a little bit last year because you are more player friendly in that sense. And I and I wonder if he doesn't go at them pretty hard because we heard from Jump at camp that attention to detail wasn't great with this team. You know, so I think he may dig in on these guys a little bit harder. And you know what? I'm all for it. You know, seriously, I, I'm, I'm right here for it if that's what he does. Yeah, I'm all for it too. My only fear is because of the new dynamic that's going to take place. Because Nick Sir, because Nick Sir, he's not going to have as much control as he we, we previously probably thought he had. Mm-hmm. One of my fears is that the respect level isn't going to be as high for Nick Sirianni. Yeah, my my fear is that they're going to have more respect for their for you know for their coordinators rather than rather than their head coach because the players know the head coach isn't making any decisions anyway. Right. So I'm afraid this is going to turn into a Dallas situation, a, a Jason Garrett type of situation. You know, everyone knows that at the end of the day, yeah, Jason Garrett was there, but or or even McCarthy, he's there. But yeah, you need something done. Go talk to Howard. Go talk to well, right. well, in the Cowboys case, go talk to Jerry. You know, go talk to Stephen Jones. You want something, you want something done. Don't talk to McCarthy. So in this case, you want something done. Okay, yeah. We, we ain't gotta go through Nick. Let's talk to our coordinators. Or matter of fact, let's talk to Howie or or 
or Jeffrey Lawrence and see how, and see what we can get done. Mm-hmm. That that's my fear. Um, but it's already trending that way. Um, no, I, right, and, and that's I agree with you. It's definitely something to monitor. I would say more than anything else, you got to keep your eye on this thing and, and, and see what happens here. Um, the, I guess the counter would be unless you think they're just full of it. And I don't think Fletcher Cox is full of it personally, especially as impassioned as he was. The vets really went to bat for him. Like Kelsey Fletcher Cox. Um, there's somebody I'm missing here. Went really went hard where, or I know I, AJ said he liked Nick and all that kind yeah, of stuff. AJ, yeah. But I, you know what? The AJ thing was weird. Like, I think he does like him as a dude. I, I don't know that there's the respect there as a coach and that's a fine line too. Right. But, Fletcher Cox is a free agent. Fletcher Cox could have been like, "Hey, man, I, I, you know what? It was it was an awful finish to the year. We all got to get better. I'm out." Like, like he really. I mean, he went after Jeff McClain for even asking him. I don't think you do that unless there is a level, a level a of respect. Respect, there. yeah. And you also don't do that. You also don't do that if you don't intend on coming back here if you can. Right. You know that's true too. If you can, that's the operative words. If you can, I really think. That, I think the Eagles would be foolish not to bring him back. Now, if Fletcher's asking for something ridiculous, obviously all bets are off. He he made 10 last year. Would you have any issue with him coming back at that number this year? <laughs> I won't have an issue with it, but he might. Yeah. And, and again, I, I know you got to draw a line at a guy who, what is he, 32-ish, whatever he is. Yeah, something like that, 33, 32. Um, uh, but I'm, he's a priority of mine. Here's why, Tone. I don't know. I like Milton Williams a lot. I, and you know I love Jalen Carter. I don't know about Jordan Davis. Mm-hmm. So and because I, of that, Fletcher yeah. Cox has a lot of leverage. Correct. Because that he was the one that uh, him and him and Williams stood the test of time, and Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis obviously did not. You know, last season. So I think Fletcher has more leverage in these negotiations that he probably had over the past couple of years. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I think it's a good point. I think he probably has more this year than he had last year. Yeah, he led them. He, he led them in um, in defensive snaps on defense. Yeah, and he was and still still ten years. These guys senior eight years. These guys senior. You know, here's one of the biggest indictments of the young guys. The two best players on the Eagles defense in that Tampa game in the playoff game, and granted, they got killed. Were Fletcher Cox and Brandon Grant. Yeah, I even throw Milton Williams in. I think Milton had yeah, a pretty Milton good game. Yeah, Milton was good too. I think Milton had a good game. He had, I guess he I had, was pointing those guys out because they're so they're much older. older. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. But you're and, right. And you're right. That that to me, it's like, dude, look, you got there's some people need to find mirrors, man. Yeah, if if BG can dig deep, if Fletcher can dig deep, come on, man. That's why you have to. That's that's why you have to question certain guys' desire. You know, or certain guys' discipline and motivation. You know what moves them. You you, you got to question it. You know, Fletch been Fletch and BG been in the league so long. They just come from a, they come from a different ilk of yeah. mindset. Um, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, their talent is undeniable. And Jalen Carter's a rookie, so I give him a slight pass for the you know, hitting the wall. It's not uncommon for rookies to hit a wall. It's not uncommon at all. But Jordan Davis, I'm looking at him a little differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. the fact that he's aware, he's hyper aware of what happened. And that he knows he needs to get back into the lab. Okay, all right. Knowing is half the battle. I appreciate that. You know, it means a lot to me when a guy acknowledges the, the you know the the, the fault in his game. Right. That, yeah, I that, that's that half the battle. Jordan does that? Yeah. That's half the battle, in my humble opinion. Now he just has to you know put foot the pavement 
and <laughs> start, yeah, doing do some one, start doing some one spreads or something. Well, no, the acknowledgement's great, and that tells me you, replace, you are not, you're not in re- denial. Replace right? all the furniture in the house with treadmills and, and ellipticals. You know what I mean? <laughs> you get can't, rid of the couches. Get rid of all the couches. Get rid of all the, you know, personal personal chef lives at the house. Get rid of all the lazy boy furniture. It doesn't allow. Yeah, has has cleared out the fridge, and it's only you know, uh-huh. it's only fruit in there, and vegetables. Just, just yeah. it's 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 a garden back there. It's a garden <laughs> in the fridge. You know what I'm saying? He Look. walks into his kitchen. He's like, "Why is there grass growing in the?" He walks. He walks into the living room, and all you see is treadmills and ellipticals oh and bikes. Ellipticals. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh yeah no but i mean honestly like first year understandable second year uh uh-uh. and if it was only one or two games i'd be like all right yeah. it was like seven games you know where he went mia you know and we were looking for him so um yeah i mean you could have conceivably you could lose fletcher cox and you could lose hassan reddick mm-hmm. you know for its defense it's already on shaky ground i don't love that i, I don't love hearing that I was really surprised you were uh, you were off. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. We had Jeff McLean on, and he said, considering his contract situation, if they can't get an extension done, they may with turn him, uh, Hassan, that he could be gone. Like they could trade him. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'm I'm not mad at Hassan Reddick for one you know for wanting to get his value right. He's been he's he's arguably been their best defensive player over the past two seasons. Yep. How can I? How can I be mad at a guy who wants to get paid, you know, according to that, you know, over the past uh, four years uh, in the NFL, double digit sack guy, you know, say what you want, say what you want about his limitations. He, he, he has production on paper. He has production. And, and at the end of the day, you have to pay for production and you also pay for pro- projection, right? How, how, how good would this guy be, um, you know, at the heat of this contract? Um. Yes. You know, at, at the end of his Eagles contract, I think he'll be thirty, right? So, yeah how how much will he have then? It all remains to be seen. Um, but because of his skill set and it's in high demand, every, you need pass rushers. Someone's going to make the move for him, and someone's going to make him. Um, maybe not the high, maybe not one of the highest, maybe not in the top five, but maybe in the top ten, top twelve of salaries. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um. Trying to figure out the leverage the Eagles may have in, in in negotiations with a guy like Hassan Reddick or even Josh Sweat. I'm trying to figure out the leverage they may have. They obviously may have more leverage over Josh Sweat because they have the down year, but and yeah. they drafted him. But Hassan Reddick, say what you want, double digit sacks four years in a row, even yep. the, even in the down year for the whole defense, still produce for you. Got to pay to play, and they get paid, man. Edge rushers get paid. We know that. Um, yep. All right, let's get a timeout. We're going to come back. The five biggest questions. The five biggest questions for the Philadelphia Eagles heading into the 2024 season are, we're going to go through those. Uh, your call, if you want to work your way up, five through one or one through five. I'm kind of leaning one through five. I'm we'll leaning start. one through five. All right, let's do that. We'll do it when we come back. Uh, again, 12 o'clock, we'll do back or buy, Tone. Guys who are free agents, and we'll, you know, we've already kind of touched on it with Fletcher here. But there are many others to go through on both sides of the ball, back or by Anthony Sanfilippo uh, talking Flyers and Phillies at 1230, 1 o'clock. A lot of stuff on the NFL front. Raheem Morris is the man in Atlanta. And we'll talk about some of the branches off of that. And then at 1.30, we will break down the NFC and AFC championship games. So we got a lot in store for you. You don't want to go anywhere. 
and we'll get to all of it when we come back. Don't go anywhere again. Uh, that is Tone. I am Rob. We are Sports Take. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I'll be checking in there about, uh, let's see, about five, five and a half hours, somewhere around there. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be going there since I was a kid, family owned since 1985. Best food daily. All right. You got Alex and the crew there cranking it out. They get 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the specialized pizza your way, but they don't just do pizza. They have fresh pasta. They have sandwiches. They have wraps. They have wings. Anything that your palate could possibly crave, they have got you. And also Bravo Pizza of Havertown is committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. Here's a little bit more on Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go back. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Everybody, appreciate you hanging with us. We are Sports Take at his tone. I am Rob. Tell him what's uh, what's the weekend plans looking like? What, what do we have going on? Oh man, uh, that's a that's a good question. Uh, I think I want to relax this weekend. Okay, being honest, uh, I you had, do have, you had the crew in last weekend, so you, you're looking, yeah, at yeah, had the family in that went very well. Um, you know, you know, you know you're, you're, you're a parent, and sometimes you just want to see where your kid is so you can feel comfortable about their of environment course, of course yeah, yeah. And, and, and 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 that's pretty much what it was for my parents especially you know my mom just kept saying you know tony you did so you guys are doing so well my mom calls me tony tony you're doing so well i'm so i'm so happy i'm just glad i get to see where you are uh-huh. you know all that kind of stuff but yeah i think i want to chill this weekend um i do have a book club meeting um but other than that you do yeah. book club wow yeah, yeah yeah man so me and the wife came up with this thing called um 30 uh 30 before 30. okay and uh her and i were both turned 30 years old this year right. she turns 30 in october I, I turned 30 in december all right and basically we came up with a list of 30 things that we want to do before we turn 30. 30. right and uh one of those things was start a book club so we started you know so we started a book club as uh me her my brother-in-law um uh, a couple of her friends it's pretty cool uh we just started we're in our, we're in our first book Nice. Um, yes, yes. So, you know, I'm just trying to, uh, I'm just trying to fill out my life. I you like it. I, I like it. Yeah. Well-rounded. All right, I got to circle back. So mom calls you Tony. What does dad call you? Uh, <laughs> my dad, my dad called me AJ. AJ. Yeah, he, so they, they call you different names. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. My, okay. So my family, it's either, it's either, um, so no one in my family calls me Tony, by the way. That's just your stage no name. That's my, <laughs> that's what my friends call me. Okay. Uh, and uh, they call my dad Tone because my dad names it. I'm, I'm a junior, so okay. or a second, so to speak. Nonetheless, um, they call him. He, he gets Tone a lot. Tone, Tony, all that kind of stuff. Is but, he big Tone? Nah, nah. Just, just Tone. Like, oh, so right. when I'm around family, my family calls me either A, AJ. Um, that's about it. A or AJ because you know I'm, I'm Antonio. That's my football yeah. first name. But you know, everyone calls family just calls me A, AJ. Okay, you know. Hey, all that kind of stuff. Um, but my friends, you know, like high school, college, yes, you know, people that I meet, they call me Tone, you know. I am so yeah, what is it for you? Like who are who are you in your household? Well, who are you yeah, so there's there's we go back, there's four generations of Robert. So my grandfather, my dad, yes, Wayne, it is a uh a South Carolina game set, yes. Um so uh, my dad, my grandpa, my dad, me and my son are all first name Robert. Okay. Okay. My 
dad went by Bob. I was when I was a little kid, Robbie, Rob, as, as uh, I can see as, that. I can, I, I, I can see you being Robbie. Rob, I, I can definitely see right that. Now. My son is Bobby, and we all have different middle names. So none of us are juniors or seniors oh, or, okay. third or any of that. So my dad was Robert Thomas. I'm Robert Patrick, and my son is Robert Francis. So we all have different middle names. So we all go, you know, we all went. My dad went by Bob. My dad passed. My, okay. my son goes Bobby, and I'm Rob. So there you go. Is your family is your is your family uh, of Irish descent? A, a mix. I'm a mutt, mostly Irish. My mom, uh, my mom's maiden, my mom's maiden name was Shanahan. That's very Irish. Okay, it's very okay. Irish. Yeah. My mom was full 100 Irish. My dad Irish, German, English. So I'm, I'm a bit of a mutt. Okay. If you will. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Go. Got it. Got it. No, I feel you. That's cool though, man. Listen, Robbie. I like that. We're learning, <laughs> man. We're learning. We're learning. Yes. Definitely, um, man. Definitely. All right. So the five big questions that are looming, that are hanging out there right now as we sit here on January 26th, 2024. Mm -hmm. Well, before the draft, before they've even hired their offensive coordinator, their coaching staff has been filled out, any of that. All right. So here we go. Let's start with number one, Tony. Number one to me is is Nick Sirianni the man to lead this team? You kind of touched on it for a second here. And, you know, the one thing we didn't doubt was the connection that he had to the players and his leadership and his culture. That's the one thing we didn't doubt going into the season. Now that's in doubt a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think we sit here and we're, we're just, frankly, we're all damaged and broken a little bit by the way that that's last season ended. And it's hard to get past that. It's hard to get past the look that over the last three games, they really checked out on him. You know, because I think most of us realistically can look at it and say, you know, they lost to San Fran. They lost to Dallas. Yeah, they got they got beaten up pretty good. But right. those are good teams. Um, you know, Seattle was where you really just started to see there's trouble, you know, in, in, in River City here. Absolutely. So, you carry it into the last few games and it looks awful. So for a guy who now likely isn't as involved in the game plan, isn't calling plays, is the CEO, the big question is, can he lead, and I think lead's the key word here, this team going forward in your estimation? I'm concerned. I'm concerned about his standing with his standing within the organization. When, you're, when your biggest skill, when your biggest gun no longer works, who are you? And uh, what do you bring to the table? Right when you know when your skill set is it becomes obsolete. On top of that, you have no hand in what's going on beyond your skill set. So, I, I truly struggle with the idea of Nick Sirianni being able to truly lead this team from the depths of where they are. We cannot deny what we saw over those past seven weeks. We saw a team that stopped responding to their head coach, the Eagles. Nick Sirianni, Harry Roseman, you know, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, they can spin it and slice it however they want. And I got respect for most of those gentlemen. The reality is the result of the, the result, the way you guys were playing quarter one to quarter four, you guys were not playing at a high level. You guys were playing one-on-one -on -one football out there. You guys were not responding to the coach. No matter what they were saying throughout the week, no matter what the game plan was, it was not resonating. It was not clicking. It was not permeating throughout the roster. 
So therefore, how can I sit here with a straight face and say this team did not check out Nick Sirianni in those final seven weeks? How can I say that with confidence that this team still respects him? How? At this yeah, point, I, like yeah, he said, it. he like he said, right? He has to reprove himself. Mm-hmm. All right, I've never heard that before. You know, with you know, with the coach with his kind of resume, three playoff appearances, that kind of win percentage, the fact that he has to reprove himself—that's a bad place to be. Knowing what we know about his resume right now, yeah, that's a bad place to be. And I don't know if we've ever seen that before. So um, um, I don't know. I don't know the respect level he has within the organization amongst his his peers. Um, I don't know what the respect he has in the organization amongst the front office. And at this point, I definitely don't know what the respect level is amongst the players. I, I truly believe Nick Sirianni's demise is already written. We just have to we just have to follow the trajectory of uh, follow the trajectory of the story. I think his fate is already written. If I'm being completely honest, I don't think he's going to be here beyond two years. I don't. All right, so I'm I'm not there. I'm not there. Um, I there's no denying. Like we don't even need to debate whether he lost the team at the end. They, they, he did. I don't think they were talented enough on defense for sure. But there's no way it should have looked that bad. Think back to that Tampa game and all the missed tackles and guys running into each other. Like I think they were poorly coached, right? Um, and some of that's him too. But I definitely think that there wasn't the the maximum focus and effort. That's the same thing. Like whatever your like your mental capacity to lock in and be ready and be up for a big game to me is effort. Just like just like trying to make a tackle is effort. But what's the one thing required, Rob? Repeat what you just said. You say you you say you didn't see guys locked in, right? Yeah. What's the number one thing required in order to be locked into anything? It's belief. Yeah, belief. Belief and belief in what you're doing. Belief in what you're being asked to do. Because when you believe it. Now your body's on autopilot. You're not even thinking out there. You're I playing agree. instinctual football. Yep. They did not be- – they were playing like a team that didn't believe in what was being said to them. Totally. Totally. So I'm, I'm 100% with you there. This team – not everybody. Like we said earlier, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Gray. There were still dudes that – Devontae Smith was giving everything that he had. Yeah, to. yeah. There it's were definitely everybody. guys. But but too many, too many weren't all the way in. All right. So that said, the question is, can he get it back for me? And that's where I'm at. Like, that's why I think, Tone, it's really incumbent upon him. If you're going to if you're gonna really l- lean into this role of CEO, where you're saying to yourself, hey, man, I'm not as bogged down in the weekly game plan. This will allow me to do things differently. He has to do it. This can't be the same. You can't go into next year with a definition of insanity in mind. You know, doing the same thing, expecting different results. You can't do that. So he's got to take a different approach. And I think cleaning up some of the personnel and understanding what guys checked out and maybe getting them at the heck out of here, understanding what coaches weren't capable or getting the most out of their guys is critical to get them out of here and really get with your, your core captains, like your, your leadership group, which he has, he has a leadership council. You got to get with those dudes and say, okay, in your opinion, I know what I think, but I need to hear from you guys. What happened? They probably already had these conversations, but what happened last year? Why did it look the way that it looked? Okay, yes. what do you guys think we need to do differently here? You're right. Because at the end of the day, he's dealing with grown-ass men. Yes. So don't. So you ain't got to talk to these guys like they're high schoolers no, or whatever. I want to give them you, ownership of this. Yeah, though. exactly. That's what exactly. I want to do. He, I, I, I think, and I don't know if they've done this already. Uh, we, we don't know. But I would highly recommend, like you, like you, like you just suggested, I would highly recommend, Nick Sirianni, you need to get with your leaders ASAP. 
You need to talk to these guys and find out, okay, fellas, all cars on the table. Where did we go wrong this year? Where did I go wrong? Where did the message get lost? Why do you believe we stopped performing at a high level? Keep it real with me. Yep. And I think that's what needs to happen. And, and what can I do better in your eyes? Now, th that there's when you when you have that intake, when you're listening to these guys, when you're hearing them, it doesn't mean you have to do every single thing that they think. You also have to use your own judgment, right, as a leader. But you bet you damn well better listen to these guys because they were on the front line and they know who was and who wasn't. Okay. So I'm listening to those guys and I'm and I'm going about things differently than I went the first three years. I don't care that they were in the playoffs for three years. I don't care that you went to the Super Bowl last year. You have to change things up and you have to show them that even though I'm still here, I'm I'm the same sheriff, some of the rules in town are going to be different. So that's that's one of the things I think he has to do. I think he can do that tone. I do. I still think he can do it and reprove, regain the respect of the locker room where these guys are giving effort. Um, I haven't written them off totally yet. Uh, do I have doubts? I have doubts. I just I see a I just see a guy. I don't know, man. I put a lot of stock into how someone carries himself. Mm -hmm. And look, maybe he takes his opportunity to offseason look in the mirror and really just kind of revamp his approach a little bit, right? You know, whenever I've seen Nick Sirianni communicating to his players, like whenever I watch the documentaries the Eagles drop on YouTube, like their unscripted series, whenever I see Nick Sirianni actually communicating in the meetings with his players, he sounds way more confident than when he's talking to the media. Now, maybe that's just a quirk of his, right? When he's talking to the media, he just can't get right. He can't, yeah. whatever it is, he can't, he can't function. <clears throat> okay, whatever. Everybody's not the greatest interview. You know what I'm saying? Or press everyone's not great at every aspect of the job. I totally understand that. So, okay. When he's speaking to his players, I see a guy who's confident. So it's two different people. Can he can he use that? Can he still rely on that? Because right now, based off of the new dynamic, he's being engaged on one thing: wins and losses. Because he's not going to be engaged on the you know the direction of the offense, he's not gonna have control of it anymore. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be gauged on the direction of defense. Never had control of that. You know what I'm saying? He's going to, he's going to be gauged on one thing: wins and losses. If he if he if if this team continues to win, stay in deep playoff contention, Super Bowl contention under his under his leadership as the head coach, then he'll then then he'll be safe. But if the win loss column does not add up, he's going to be on the out. So it, 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 it actually makes his job harder. He's not – to be gauged solely on wins and losses, it's not fair, but that's the dynamic that they've set up here. And I agree. I don't yeah. know. See, part – it's sad because to say I don't believe in Nick Sirianni is partly saying I don't believe in the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's not the case. I'm ultimately a supporter of his team, as you guys can see. But Nick Sirianni makes me nervous. I don't know if I don't know if his team looks at him the same. I don't know if he's the guy for Jalen Hurts. And I, 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 you know what I think? I think a lot. I think I'm going to learn a lot based off of who they hire for this OC. Fair. You know that that you know. And again, where are we? We're at January 26. All this stuff is fresh. The Super Bowl hasn't even passed yet. Mm -hmm. My opinion, my feelings about this can change. My optimism can change, especially based off of personnel moves, right? Mm -hmm. Especially based off of coaching moves. My, this opinion is not set in stone. This can change. 
about about time August comes, I, I can be more confident. Say, you know what? Okay, I think I like I, I like the direction that this that this OC and DC are taking. I, I like what I'm hearing. Okay, the, of course they got to put it together, but I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm seeing. Okay, preseason guys seem to be guys seem to be playing fast. They seem motivated. All right, like I then my opinion can change, but right now on January 26th. At 11.49 Eastern Time, 10.49 Central Time, I'm, I'm not the most confident guy in Nick Sirianni right now. All right. All right. Let's move on to number two. And this is, can Jalen Hurts get back to an elite level? Um, statistically, I yeah. I mean, statistically, he had, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways, a good year in that he got the ball in the end zone quite a bit, uh, whether it was throwing it or running it. You know, if you're looking at yardage and, and those kind of things <clears> – <throat> And he certainly started the season off in, in a very good way. However, uh, he turned the ball over a ton. He clearly had issues in terms of the blitz, clearly had issues in terms of going through progressions, clearly had issues not taking what was given to him, trying to force the ball maybe outside the hashes or deep. Now, mm -hmm. in fairness to Jalen Hurts, how much of this was coaching? How much of this was pressed upon him by the offensive coordinator and Nick? That we don't know. Ultimately, nobody's really going to cop to that. But but we know it didn't look as good for him as it looked the previous season under Shane Steichen. Hence, sure. one of the reasons why what you just said, how critical the offensive coordinator is going to be that they bring him in here, it's going to be huge. But from what you saw this year versus what he was last year, are you of the belief that he can get into that like MVP conversation, Mahomes, best guy Jackson whatever best guys in the game conversation yeah I'm still I'm still the belief that Jalen Hurts can you know catapult himself back into MVP conversations perennially because of how dynamic he is because of how he how he approaches the position look we had there were many things this season about Jalen Hurts game that did not please us right um not taking advantage of um not taking advantage of what's available across the middle of the field um locking in too much on AJ Brown um, um, throwing off that back foot, not responding well to the blitz, all those things. You know, we can we can go on and on about where Jalen Hurts went wrong, right? But what what gives me confidence is the fact that despite all the struggle, he still managed to produce thirty eight touchdowns on the season, um, in comparison to the uh, the thirty five that he put up last year or in 2022. So I believe Jalen Hurts um, still is a scorer. You know, you, you, you kind of brought it up, right? The, yeah. the fact that he's a scorer, not a shooter, right? Um, he's he's not going to be a guy that throws 40 touchdowns in the season. You're not going to see him, you know, perennially putting up 4,500 4, passing yards. That's that's not his style, right? You're going to see Jalen Hurts flirting, flirting in that 3,700, to 4,100 passing yard range. You're going to see him flirting in between. Um, you're going to see him flirting in between. I want to say 600 to 800 rushing yards in the season. You're going you're going to see that part of him. Um, he pretty much was the same player this year. Uh, the turnovers is really what throws everything off. Um, Jalen Hurts was super uh, effective. He accounted for 68 first downs. Um, on offense, and that's just running the ball. That's not uh, including the first downs he accounted for passing the ball. Um, uh, Jalen Hurts is a guy who still completed 65% uh, of his passes, um, a per one percentage point lower than last year, but 66 and 65% is virtually the same, in my humble opinion. 
Um, so his completion percentage remained intact with the with the with the with I want to say 40, 78 more pass attempts. He had 78 more pass attempts this year. Um, and he had, I believe I want to say he had about 48 more uh completions or 46 more completions. So with the with with the more with more attempts, his completion percentage still stayed the same. That tells me, okay, he's still getting the ball from point A to point B. He's still relatively accurate. Could he be more accurate? Yeah, and that tells us that because of the 15 interceptions. But overall, I think Jalen Hurts is a guy that can get back because I trust the work ethic. I trust the mindset of the player. I trust the commitment. I trust his ecosystem. Um, he's not the kind of guy that you're going to see in the mix. He's not the kind of guy you're going to see um, prioritizing um, being seen in notoriety over being a, a productive player on the field. I trust everything about that young man. Um, I think Jalen Hurts can get back to being in the MVP conversations um, because of, again, the work ethic, um, how committed he is to being great, and also just in just the production. I mean, look, again, 38 touchdowns on the season, um, you know, in, in, between passing and rushing, obviously. Uh, you throw in uh, the 600 rushing yards, with the, you know, you throw in the 600 rushing yards with the 3,800 uh, passing yards. Um, he, he essentially gave you uh, 4,400 of 4,400 yards of total offense. I mean, I like those odds, 4,400 yards, Mm -hmm. 38 touchdowns. Listen, you cut those turnovers in half, we're looking at the MVP. So I think a guy like him can get back. He just has to sharpen some of the tools that he already has. Yeah, so Shane says, uh, so what does it say about Hurts? It's easy to lead when you're winning. Uh, You see a true leader when Ish hits the fan and it's uncomfortable in the room. yeah, I mean, I I think that, and we've talked a lot about this, Shane. So I'll, let me address that first, and then I'll jump in on where I where I am with Hertz. Mm-hmm. So I I think there's so many say, things. I want to say something does. about that too. You you go first, Rob, but I want to say something about that too. Yeah, there, there's so many things that he does well from a leadership standpoint. In that he works hard. <clears throat> there's never an issue off the field. Um, he's first in, last out. You don't have to put any clauses in his contract to ask him not to play video games, right? So. He's very focused on his job and takes it very seriously. Where he could get better at, right? And I think he would probably admit this is just some interpersonal stuff. You know, can, can you can you do more to be more available to your teammates uh, away from the field? Yeah, it may not be your personality, but I think it's something that's important to, to as sort of a bonding agent, right? Could you do a little bit more, maybe in game? Hey. Uh, my bad on that. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll, I'll get you. Trust me, I'm coming to you. I don't know that he doesn't do that, but it doesn't seem he's pretty detached when he sits on the bench. I don't know any of that for sure. But if you know, if I'm if I'm going by what Joe Santa Liquido said, there are some issues in terms of that. Nobody thinks he's Carson Wentz. Nobody thinks it's unfixable. So I think the the the, the there's a leadership takes a lot of forms. That's a form he could get better at. It's it's I don't think it's a huge deal, and I think it's very fixable. But go ahead. Yeah, for me, I look at it like this, right? Jalen Hurts is the same no matter if he's winning or losing. But you know who changes whether we're winning or losing? Us as fans and how yep. we digest what we see and how we take in um, the quarterback, whoever it is, is speaking, right? Jalen Hurts has been exactly the same. And I think and I think that's the part that we're missing here. He, um, yes, could he have improved in certain areas? Of course, especially as a leader. leader see, leadership isn't a destination. Leadership is a journey. Leadership is something that you're constantly evolving, constantly tweaking based off of what's required. And when, and when your team is in unfamiliar territory, 
especially with the way things went for the Philadelphia Eagles over that seven game stretch, you're going to kind of resort to what you know. Mm-hmm. You're going to kind of you're going to you're, you're kind of going to fall back on what got you by. Right. And Jalen Hurts, in my humble opinion, I felt like I felt like and for the circumstances, he led the best way he knew how. Now is a time to revisit how he led for himself. Right now is the time for him to look in the mirror and say, OK, what did I do well? What could I have been a little bit better on? OK, could I have talked to these guys a little bit more? Can I have tapped in a little bit more on this? On, on this? Could I be more active on the sideline? Leadership is not a journey. And this is my problem, right? People are people are putting Jalen Hurts in this prism as if he doesn't have more work to do, as if as if he just came in as this ready made leader. No, he had his leadership toolkit that worked for him all those years. Now, as new circumstances arise, you have to revamp and reevaluate how you lead. That's what good leaders do. You don't lead the exact same way you always done. Sometimes you got to rely on what you always done until it doesn't work anymore. And then you got to say, okay, what can I do better? Right. So I'm, I've never looked at Jalen Hurts as a, as a finished product, never looked at him as this guy that just has all the answers, never looked at him as just this perfect dude. He's a, yeah. he's a, human, he's a human being with flaws. So but, I, I'm going to I'm going to eat now. I'm going to get off the leadership part and just talk about the field part. I will tell right. you this. What has to happen next year? You got to get him right health wise. I, yes, I don't know what was yes. going on, but I'm really sure that there was something going on. So I want him healthy because he can't be as effective if his legs are not involved. Like, I don't want to do the, I'm preserving him. I'm worried about 10 years from now. No, I'm worried about right now. And if they, we, you need to get him back to 2022 Jalen Hurts, where it's RPOs, where he is a threat, where he's not afraid to take off, where he's not doing the, the, the sort of like sliding down routine almost immediately. You think Baltimore cares? Baltimore is like, Baltimore is like, Lamar, do you? Yes. I we'll, want to get back. That's we'll what they have to it. get back to. They can't do the half in and half out. What makes him dynamic is his legs. Get him back to it. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. That's football. I'll deal with it. But I can't go through this last year where I felt like they were sort of half in, half out offensively. Mm-hmm. That's, to me, the biggest part of this thing is getting him and pl- leaning into his strengths. Because to me, like if you don't do that, you're making a massive mistake with him. He's got to be the dual threat where defenses don't know what the heck is about to hit them. Go back to it. We didn't see it all year really from the from the Eagles and I'm not sure why we never really got a good explanation why yeah yeah you're right um and I don't think we will I think the proof was in the pudding when they changed OCs they didn't they clearly felt like they weren't getting the most out of Jalen Hurts um and and, and again here's something to keep in mind you guys in this down year for Jalen Hurts with the 19 turnovers the dude still the dude, the dude still put up 38 touchdowns so basically he had a two to one touchdown to turnover ratio i would like that to be three to one so he needs to cut down on the turnovers obviously um but if if, if this is the down year for jalen hurts okay all right it can only get better from here i mean that, that that's how i look at it the down year was 11 wins 38 touchdowns 4400 passing uh, 4400 total yards on offense um 19 turnovers um he was the offense, you know. I just, you know, I just believe you're. I believe you're ultimately right, though. They have to get back to maximizing his skill set to the fullest and not trying to preserve him. Whatever you know, whatever that means. This is football. No. You can't legislate injuries. At the end of the day, it's either you get hurt or you don't. I'm much rather. I'm much rather, you know, you know, die on my sword rather, you know, rather than you know, hide, you know, hiding in the hole in the foxhole. You know, you know, you know, send me, you know, put me out there, coach. You know, send me to war, captain. I'm ready to go. So I, Jalen Hurts again. 
I, I do kind of want to go back to the leadership thing briefly. You know, I I I, I really feel like Jalen Hurts can get back, and you know, on all fronts, not just not just playing, but I also believe, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I believe he's a guy that is accountable, and that's and, and that's the best you can hope for. We've been in situations where guys were not accountable, right? I, you know, there were moments where we felt like Donovan McNabb could have been more accountable in different situations. There were moments where we felt like, okay, Carson Wentz could have been more accountable. Jalen Hurst strikes me as the kind of guy that, if any, he he holds himself more accountable than anybody else ever could. I trust that. You know what I mean? Um, is he going to have? Is he going to make mistakes? Absolutely. You know, this isn't a video game, so. You know, I'm rolling with Jalen Hurts still as the, as the franchise quarterback to further notice. I rolled with Carson Wentz to the bitter end. See, that's the thing where a lot of people are afraid to say. I I, I rolled with Wentz to the bitter end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then once I realized, you know, he he was cooked. All right, moved on. I'm rocking with Jalen Hurts into the bitter end. Gotcha. All you know right, what I mean, let, let's a quarter of a billion dollars. You better roll with him. Yeah. Uh, here's what we'll do. We'll, we're going to carry over three through five. We only got through the first two. We're going to carry over three through five. Uh, and then we'll get into free agents back or buy. We'll hit all those things. Like if we don't have time for the free agent thing, it's something we could either do later in the show or another day, but let's float down the next three. So we're going through the five big questions of the Eagles. We just went through questions one and two. We'll do three through five when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, by the way, Anthony Sanfilippo at 1230. All right. Knowing who to trust with your finances. Critical. Critical. You work too hard to, to not – take care of yourself and your family, right? And I can tell you from personal experience, it was a struggle for me for a long time, but I found the person that I trust and that's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, uh, you might have a small business, you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That is another resource that Jim can help you with. Uh, I have personally entrusted my IRAs, my 401k rollovers with Jim, uh, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610- 996-4751-610-996-4751. You can also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at Principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at Principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. Friday. What's up, everybody? Hope you are doing well. Hey, anybody got any interesting plans out there? Throw it up there on the chat. I'd be curious uh, to see what everybody's up to uh, this upcoming weekend. We're supposed so today in our area, it's, it's, we've had like in the Philadelphia area, it's either been snow, rain, or cloudy. Like, just we haven't seen the sun, it feels like in a while, man. It's, it's been gonna cloudy get a little where I am, too. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. really cloudy where I am, too. Like, really, yeah. really cloudy. It's going to get a little warmer today, which is nice. I think we might get in the 60s today, which is great. I mean, basically, all the snow's been melted away, and tomorrow's going to be in the 50s, and then it'll go back to, you know, late January weather on Sunday. But I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna try and get out, get some air today, man, once we get done. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you got planned for the weekend? I got I got to work tomorrow. Um, I'm off Sunday. So I think um, wife and I will do something Sunday, like morning, early afternoon, kind of chill. And then uh, watch the games, man. That's that's my game plan. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm looking at you know the more and more if I don't have to do a ton on the weekends, I'm not looking to do a ton uh, on the weekends. I got to tell you, so that's kind of where I'm at. Sounds you know, old, it's, but it's you, true. You know, it's so funny. It's funny you say that, right? I feel like men we're so comfortable just hanging out. We're yeah. so comfortable just hanging out, chilling, taking it too easy. comfortable hanging out. And then sometimes, sometimes. you know our lady, you know sometimes our ladies, you know our wives, you know respectively, they uh. They get burnt out by our chill gene, you know, our, our, our ability, our ability to just lounge around and nothing but sweatpants and some moccasins, some slippers, and just eat Cheetos, we or whatever too it is. Deep like, into chill mode, yeah, I agree. Yeah, we, we, I can get deep into chill mode, and my and my wife would be like, "Yo, can we do something stimulating?" And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh uh, yeah, you plan it." <laughs> yes, same. But you, but man, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. But yeah, this weekend's going to be a chill one for me as well. All right, so um, let's pick it up where we were. If you're just jumping on with us, we're going through the th- the five biggest questions, in our opinion, uh, to going into uh, to this this season. Um, so they are yes, Brian. I'm on WIP tomorrow, three to six. If you want to, if you want to hop on, appreciate you asking. All right, uh, all right, here we go. So number three, how quickly can this defense be be fixed? Um, it. To say it really fell off is an understatement, and uh, and I'm being kind here. They're, they they fell off in a massive way. They were awful against the pass. They were awful with points allowed over the last eight weeks. They were terrible against the run. They didn't take the ball away. Uh, they couldn't get off the field on third down. 
<laughs> other than that, they were great. No, but there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot that went wrong, man. And that's the side of the ball where you really look at it. You say, if we're being real with ourselves, there's not enough talent. Now the Eagles have 28 million in salary cap. There's a lot of decisions they have to make on who stays and who goes, which we'll we'll actually get into in a little bit. Um, and they're they're obviously bringing in new people here to try to get the most out of this lineup, starting with Vic Fangio. If you didn't hear, they're going to interview uh, Joe Barry to be potentially one of the linebackers coaches or a defensive assistant. So they're bringing in new faces. They're trying to be proactive and change this thing up. But Tone, the question is, you know, and this is a loose term: can this defense be fixed? in your estimation, in a in a rather quick manner? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> they have so many things to do. Uh, they need linebackers. They need corners. They need a safety. They need some edge guys. They, they need more depth at DT. They, they, they need everything. They need everything. Mm -hmm. um, can you fix everything in one offseason? No. But what you can do is if you draft well, and you make the right free agent pickups, you can you can get this defense from being bottom of the barrel to at least being middle to upper, you know, you know, middle to upper tier of the barrel. Yeah. Um, I'm not asking for this defense to be top five. I mean, would it help? Obviously, you mm -hmm. know, I don't top five defense, you could do a lot with that, but be top 10, be a defense that you know that's respectable, that can get stops, you know, that can you know get to the quarterback. Just can you be a top, matter of fact? I put it this way, because fourteen teams get into the playoffs every year. Can you be a top twelve defense? Can your defense be good? At, can you have a playoff level defense? I'm not saying all world. I'm not saying generational. Can you can you create a playoff level defense in one off season? I think it's possible. I do think it's possible, but you have to make the right moves, and you're uh you're you're you're, you're kind you're kind of trying to shoot a dart through a keyhole. But it's possible. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't expect everybody to hit on every move they make. But can they move from being the worst defense in the league to being maybe ranked 15th or 14th in one offseason? I yeah. think that's possible. I do too. And I and I think that if you can get there, if you can get if you get your defense to be in terms of points allowed, kind of middling, uh, if you can be a better team at taking the ball away. You, Get some of your swagger back in terms of getting to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, you can make up for some shortcomings on the back end. L let's be real. You're not fixing everything in one offseason. Right. So you have some issues at linebacker. You're going to have some issues in your secondary. You just are. But if you can be good in those uh, – or solid. I'll say solid. Good is probably a stretch. If you can be solid in those other areas, yeah. offense is good enough. Yeah, the word I like is competent. Can yeah. you be competent? If That's you're all. there and it's not always your offense has to go 75 yards because guess what? You got an interception <laughs> and it's a novel concept and, and your offense takes over on a short field and they punch it right in. Makes everybody's life a lot easier. Um, you know, so I, I think they can. Um, I don't, I don't, the, the schedule isn't quite as daunting also, which should help a little bit. So that'll help. But I think that if the biggest thing for me with this defense is one pressure back on the quarterback, to linebackers to make some plays, just make some plays. And I, I here's what I hope: your young guys, Keely Ringo, Eli Ricks, eventually when Sidney Brown gets back, are just going to be so much better from the time that they got last year that you're going to start to see that these guys can play and be replacements for the older guys. I think they have to figure out a way to let Bradbury go and 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 
whatever cap hit you got to take, you got to take. Uh, hope Slay the place. I, I'd be okay if Slay plays at the same level this year that he played last year. I'd be fine with that. Um, as far as the rest of the secondary goes, maybe Blankenship fits into the same category because it was only his first year as a starter, in fairness. But the guy next to him can't be Kevin Byard. It's got to be somebody better than that. So a lot to do here, man. This is not Vic Fangio takes over a really challenging situation. Make no mistake about it. Absolutely. And another thing we're going to find out is, you know, how 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 much can he get out of, you know, these young guys? Um, I think one thing that I, I I am concerned about. I am curious to know how he utilizes um, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, especially. You know, if he's going to have those guys, you know, one technique, you know, two eye, you know, three tech. You know, how was how he going to utilize those guys on the line of scrimmage? Um, I just want everybody to be put in the best possible positions to succeed so you can at least say, you know what? We put everybody where they needed to be. Now it's on them. Yeah. You know, th- th- that's what I want. Right. Yeah. I, I don't want it. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm saying, oh, I feel like these coaches are holding these guys back. I want to be in a situation where I say, hey, you know what? Coach put you there. You got to make the play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, you know? I do. I know exactly and, what you're saying. And, yeah. and, 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 I think, and I think that was the the conundrum last season. We were constantly going back and forth. Things were so bad last last season. We were saying to ourselves, well, the coach got to do this. No, well, those guys got to make the play. It was just so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't even pinpoint the real culprit. We're going to find out. We're going to find out if, you know, if this defense, again, from, can go from being the worst just being okay you know what rob you know what i want if you can give me if you can give me a top six run defense and a top 12 pass defense i'm cool with everything else i'm cool i agree because because, because your offense is going to be so good hopefully your offense is so talented you know that that should be enough for them to do their job and you know and get leads and um take advantage of the opponent a top a top six top five Run defense, top twelve pass defense. That that should be good enough. It should be good enough. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let Let's move on then uh, to question number four. I'll pose this to you. What is your faith level in Howie Roseman this off season being able to make critical moves? And when I say moves, I'm incorporating the draft, free agency, trades to get the roster where it needs to be to do the things that we're talking about here on the, I, I'm, I'm mainly talking about defense, but you also have to make a decision on uh, Swift and some other areas on the offensive side, but just general faith level in Howie, because you know, Howie, Howie tends to be crazy good or a pretty decent drop off. I think last off season draft wasn't terrible, but he really whiffed in terms of like free agents and whatnot. Are you feeling that you know, the, the typical Howie sort of uptick here? Because the defense is the main issue right now, I do have my I do have my concerns because Harry Roseman historically is not the strongest evaluator in general, right? He's not. That's not that's not his forte, especially on the defensive side. He's whiffed on corners, whiffed on linebackers, whiffed, he's whiffed on edge rushers. You know, his best edge rusher that he drafted is Josh Sweat. Like well, who was the one guy we drafted? What was his name? Marcus Smith? Is that his name? Oh, God. Yeah, that was the event. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, Harry Roseman has so much to do 
but it all falls into areas that are not his strengths. I think he's going to have to lean on Vic Fangio a lot, you know, in this upcoming cycle of player movement, player mobility. He's going to have to, he's going to have to really lean on him because I, I, I just don't see Harry Roseman making all the right decisions on draft day when it comes to defense. When it comes to the trenches, he, he's okay. It's like he's 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 okay in the trenches. The Eagles have always done well drafting O linemen, D tackles, except for Brodrick Brunkley, but. Other than that, I do have my I do have my concerns. What about you though? Are, um, are, are you concerned? Yeah, I am concerned. I I, I have faith that he can get it back. Um, okay. I, I yeah, I do because I, you know, he's dangerous when he's got a lot of draft picks and he's got some cap money. So I, I don't think it's out of the question that there's trades made. I think he has a good feel for other teams' needs what teams are up against the cap wise that he can yes. exploit. Yes. He's you a know, hell of a deal maker. He's a shark. Yeah. He's a like hell he's of a deal sent, maker. And I mean that in the most complimentary way. Like he's, he has senses, man. He's got his spidey senses and he knows, all right, Jacksonville's got it. Right, I want to pounce on this guy, whatever. So I, I think he also, despite what he said, knows that he has to be better at linebacker. So I think he's going to make it, make it a point of emphasis, either in free agency or trying to make a, a trade. Always look to, to guys, to players who there's there's going to be a new coaching staff in a lot of ways. Look at those or previous organizations to maybe look for you know how to bring people in, like somebody in Miami who may be uh, either uh, too expensive for Miami to keep or he's unhappy there. Maybe they make a move there. I do. I like. I think that he's going to really emphasize in the draft the secondary another edge guy, because one way or the other, you're probably going to be without either Sweat or Reddick in two years. Brandon Graham's, I don't know if he's even going to be back this year. So he's always going to keep going after edge guys. So I think edge and corner are going to be the two priorities. And then it'll be linebacker and safety on the defensive side. So I, yeah, I do actually. I, I think he'll be, um, he's usually good when he gets humbled a little bit. And watching those two sit up there two days ago, you, you saw two kids who got yelled at by their parents, you know? <laughs> I mean, you did. Yeah, I see. Yeah, um, Howie, his strength has always been deal-making, you know, contracts and pro personnel. That's his strength. Yep. We see, we've seen it. The draft is where we always kind of like, mm, he's he's hit or miss. Yeah. Like, like there were certain like there are certain picks that he's made that I'm like, okay, that, that didn't require any thought. Like Devontae Smith. That didn't require any thought. He was ready-made, ready for the league. Now, I will say this, though. At that time, there were plenty of people who said, ah, can he hold up in the league? You drafted him top 10. I don't know about this kid. People had their doubts about Devontae Smith, so it's not like he came in with no doubts. When it came to his skill set and the professionalism, you knew he was ready. Mm -hmm. But people doubted his physical capabilities, and he's been an Ironman, missed his first game in three seasons, and that was the last game of the year. Mm -hmm. Um. So, um, I think, I think how we, I think he can get it right, but also what happens when you get into the weeds and it's like the path isn't so, isn't so clear. Can you evaluate a guy? Can you find a diamond in the rough? Um, 
I'm 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 50-50, Rob. I'm okay. 50-50. Like I do give him credit. You found Landon Dickerson. That was a nice pickup. Second round guy out of Alabama. You know, he fell because of injuries. Mm-hmm. He's still he he's been pretty available for you for the most part. So that was a slam dunk. He's been he's been a, a Pro Bowl of two years out of his three seasons in the NFL. I like that as a slam dunk. Uh Jordan Melada, obviously, slam dunk. He was a project. Things could have went wrong building that project, but he managed to pull through. You found a diamond in the rough. Uh, Milton Williams, I think they drafted him in the fourth round. Nice pickup. I like that. You know, so there are guys sprinkled in. Don't get it twisted. But I, I, I guess for me, when I think about the Eagles' biggest needs, linebacker, corner, those aren't his strengths, man. And yeah, that no. makes me, and that makes me nervous as hell. Well, what I also worry about is the guys that he's lost over the years. Um, I worry about them. You know that the you know that Joe Douglas and Andy Wild aren't in the building anymore, and the guys who are there, you know, ultimately, what are they? Are they of the caliber of the the previous crew? That's that's a concern of mine too, because they, Howie has to lean on them. Howie's dealing with the day to day here during the football season. He's not he he does scout occasionally. Don't get me wrong, but he's not living on the road watching you know Stanford or or you know in watching West Virginia play he, he can't be available to do that so you have to go with your guys who have boots on the ground and I, I'm hoping that the people that they brought in to replace those really accomplished people here are good enough that's part of this thing but you know one of the one of the biggest issues was the fact that he didn't listen to those people that was one of the issues back in the day that was one of the right? knocks before he was sent away right his people were like Justin Jefferson he was like nah Jalen Rager like, it's like, come on, man. Like, so uh, he's going to have to lean on his – let these people do their jobs and trust that they know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? And then you ask your coaches, hey, what do you guys think? Like, just – I don't think you got to be – he has a personality, in my opinion, that he, he needs his fingerprints on everything so he can say, oh, yeah, I that was me. That was me. And it's like, nah, it's not the case. Listen, you're all, you're you're only as good as some of your parts. Yeah. And trust, you know, when you when you employ people and put them around you, when they win, you win. Mm-hmm. You know, not not everyone thinks like that, but you know, if if if, if bro, if you win, I win. I, you know I what I mean? If I, if, if I win, you win. So you know, no one's trying to step on each other's toes here. No one's trying to claim more credit than what whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that's and I think that's kind of how he's problem a little bit. He, this offseason, he, he he got to trust those people that know what they're talking about when it comes to football. Got yeah, to. I'm with him. I'm with him. Uh, all right, so uh, let's go to number five here. And this ties into what we're talking about. So will the Eagles change philosophically? More emphasis on linebacker, on safety, less, uh, less on deep shots, more commitment to the run game. You can fill in whatever you know issue that you have in there. Feel free. But will they look at things a little bit differently? Is it maybe a tell that Fangio's here? And we're already starting to see that, you know, he's a guy who obviously has had good linebackers. Maybe that's a good sign for us. Uh, How do you view that just philosophy that they have always had their core of build from within, pay from within, pay for your edges, pay for your corners, pay for your quarterback, pay for your receivers, but other positions like running back and linebacker and safety, maybe take the brunt of that. See, the thing about the Philadelphia Eagles philosophy, in theory, they're not wrong. In theory, it's not all. I, I, but I do feel like they've had some miscues along the way. No one's above it, but I feel like theirs could have been avoidable. They, 
they're not wrong for prioritizing an edge rusher over a linebacker, right? You're not, they're not wrong for prioritizing, yes, you know, uh, O line over a running back. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're not wrong for you know, for doing that. I think they, I think, I think they, their priorities have been pretty in order on the offensive side. Um, the defensive side is where things have kind of been a little wonky because I feel like they've taken the linebacker position and completely tried to convince us that it doesn't matter at all. And I, and I, and I, and I don't think that's, you know, that's the right course of action. So that's the philosophy. I think, and we talked about it already. That's the philosophy that needs to be tweaked, right? I'm not even going to say change. They need to, mm-hmm. they need to tweak that because you're not wrong in theory, but you got to invest a little bit more than what you've been investing. Okay. Uh, um, I, 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 think I can't it, think of anything else um, from a philosophy standpoint that I feel like needs to change dramatically. Maybe the coaching situation, but as of right now, that's going to be what it's going to be with Nick Sirianni. Um, they clearly bucked the trend and brought in someone with major experience in Vic Fangio. We, who's the last the, the last D coordinator we had in here with real experience was Jim Schwartz. And then prior to that, what um, Jim Johnson. So they don't they, they try to go young in mo- most places. I like that they were experienced on defense. Hopefully, they, hopefully they do the same on offense. Yeah, um, I, I don't know how you can't have the kind of year that you had this year. And not look in the mirror and realize I got to make some serious, significant changes. When you heard that press conference, did did you get a feeling or a vibe that they felt like they needed to change their process, or maybe tweak their process, or uh, a philosophy change? You know, you know, as you laid it out, did did you get that vibe that they felt like "Mm, their philosophy needs to tweak a little bit? Not in listening to them, to be honest with you. Not 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 really with Howie. But actions speak louder than words. I think Fangio, even though he 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 subscribes to the hey, don't give up the big play thing, he's a little bit different, um, like we talked about. So I think that part tells you something. I think the fact that they they basically made Nick step away tells you that they realized they needed to change something, um, which lends me to believe that they'll make changes with the way that they necessarily do. I don't think they're going to get away from their core of all the positions we just talked about that they think are, are going to be prioritized. But I think there's, there's a happy medium with also investing a little bit more into positions you've ignored too much. I do think they'll do that a little bit. I, Howie is a guy who will learn from mistakes. And this year was embarrassing. The owner was embarrassed. Howie was embarrassed. The city was embarrassed. And Nick was embarrassed. So I think all those things. All right, let's hit it. Let's come back. We'll talk to Anthony Sanfilippo. Uh, we'll mix in some hockey some baseball with Anthony. We come mm-hmm. and then after that, we will uh, get it back to our NFL and our Eagle stuff as well. He's Tony DeShields. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Day. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We'll be right back. Let me tell you about Pro Action Restoration. If you have a home, look, we had some really goofy weather, right? Snow, rain, all kinds of stuff can cause a lot of problems. You get any kind of flooding, it could be water. You could have fire issues, uh, smoke issues, mold issues, whatever. ProAction Restoration is the place that you turn to. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. They did for me, and it was smooth sailing, I got to tell you. Whether it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. 
Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hey, welcome, everybody. Appreciate you hanging with us. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Bank. We are joined right now by the man who covers the Phillies and the Flyers at a very high level for Crossing Broad. You could follow him on Twitter, at AntSanPhilly. And, of course, check out his podcast, Snow the Goalie, and Crossed Up as well. And what's going on, my man? How you make it out? Hey, boys. Good to see you guys again. Good to see you, too. Likewise. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, all right. So I, I, you know, on a serious note, I, w- I want to start with this one at before we get into what's going on with the flyers and it's been a bit of a struggle lately and Owen oh, Tippett potential extension, et cetera. Uh, the Carter Hart thing. And you know, yeah. the, the tip of the iceberg, I guess, was when he took the indefinite leave. Uh, and then, you know, we, we, and we kind of knew this has been hanging around for a very long time also, by the way, but Carter Hart and four other teammates on the Canadian junior team from 2018 uh, 
let's walk through all of it, Ann, because it's it's, it's kind of convoluted in some ways. It's yeah, investigated for sexual assault. Yeah, and, and it's and and and, and you know, I, I think that the fair way to say it still because yeah. the the London Ontario police are not holding their press conference to announce charges and who they're against and who's being charged with what until February 5th. So anything that we say before that would only be speculative. Um, So I I think in fairness, the best way to say it is, is that there are five players from that 2018 team Canada uh, world junior team, including Carter Hart, uh, who have asked for a leave of absence, requested leave of absence from their teams. Um, and uh, they were granted. Um, and then a report came out that the five players from that team uh, have been contacted by the London police and given uh, a week to two weeks, depending on their travel arrangements, to arrive and turn themselves in uh, in London. Now, yeah. we, you know, we don't officially know um, if any of these players are going to be charged um but you know it's you're connecting dots at this point right and there's a lot of whether there's smoke there's fire kind of situation um and you're right this is something that has been uh, it's been out there for forever i i said on our podcast this morning i was first alerted to this in the summer of 2022 um it is now january of 2024 so 18 months I've been hearing things of, of course we don't report anything here because we're in Philadelphia. Right. And you know, this is taking place up in London, Ontario, Canada. I don't have London, Ontario police sources as much as I'd like to right? for for this story. But so I can't report anything, but of course everybody talks, everybody, you hear a lot of what's going on. Um, so it's, there's going to be a, there are so many people that are going to be, dragged through the mud on this players organizations like hockey canada like the london police who originally closed the book on this and said oh yeah no charges at all and then only reopened the case under public pressure in april of 22 um the national hockey league how long did they know that this was going that these players were involved the uh, national hockey league's players association which you know, may or may not have tried to influence uh, the NHL when that NHL report came out. Um, you know, the Canadian government, who which decided they were going to get themselves involved. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts, and there's a lot of details that we don't know what's what. And again, charges are charges. Nothing is, you know, nobody is found guilty until they go to court. So there's a lot that's there. Um, but man, is this going to be? A, a big story in in the world of sports in North America for the next however long it, it's going. Real quick follow and and you know and again I'm with you. Uh, we it's one of those things where you got to be. It's hard to be patient. We're in such a salacious society where everybody right. wants to jump to a you know conclusion. The details of it, if true, are ugly uh, to say the least. There was a civil suit as well, correct? And then after the civil suit, there there was further yes charges brought about, correct? Well, yeah. And again, we don't, the charges, we don't even even know what they are. Right. We right. just know that there's charges that are coming on yeah. Feb- okay. and we'll find out what they are on February 5th. And, uh, I hope Facebook is, uh, is prepared for the crush of their, of the, that they're going to have watching that live stream. Um, it's not like they're using StreamYard and going through YouTube like like the like the smart people do. Um, <laughs> they're going to be trying to have that on uh, on their Facebook live stream. And 
And that's when we'll find out for sure. So we're, you know, we're still 10 days away from that. Um, we'll get all the, all the detail, more details, I should say at that point. And then it'll be just a matter of, you know, he said, she said, who do you believe? And they're yeah. going to play out just like any other major court thing play has played out, you know, over the years that we've all followed on television and online. And, um, there's going to be the court of public opinion is going to be far more fascinating than the actual event itself. Probably. Right. So, yeah. You know, and uh, thanks again for coming on, by the way, um, with so much optimism, you know, surrounding the Philadelphia Flyers right now, you know, with their latest resurgence, speak on the impact that this Carter Hart situation um, is or could be having on, you know, the Flyers locker room. And, you know, especially, again, with all the with all the optimism surrounding this team, you know, th this team's on the up and up right now. You know, try to speak on how this situation is impacting that organization, how they're handling it and also impacting the players as well. Yeah, I mean, so from an organizational perspective, I think that they've they've done a, an okay job with this in, in the sense that it's, I mean, it's obviously difficult. Um, they can't talk about anything. But if you, if you go back in time and you look at, you know, what the Flyers did going back to last, the end of last season, into the summer and the like, um, once Danny Briere took over as the GM, they traded for a goalie with NHL experience. They signed a goalie that they had uh, in the system to an entry-level contract. They gave a new contract to Sam Erson. They drafted two more goaltenders. I mean, they did their due diligence in, in preparing in case this came to fruition, in case something like this happened. They were they were prepared. So I, you got to give them credit. And then, you know, even Danny Briere, who – had a scheduled press conference uh, on Wednesday that was scheduled before this was even announced, right? So this was, you know, the Flyers could have bailed on that press conference. They didn't. Um, Danny read a statement and then made a couple, answered a couple of questions. Uh, and I think he handled himself just fine in, in that regard. So from you look at it from that perspective, Tone, I think that they they did a, a fine job. Um, as, far as, the, as far as for the players on the, uh, on the team, obviously this has to have an impact. This is a guy who you've you know gone to battle with every day. You're at practice every day. You hang out with him, you know, on the road, at home, whatever. Team functions, non-team functions. Your buds, your teammates, your you know, your friends. And here's a guy that gets you know dragged into this conversation. Um, whether it's accurate or not, we don't know. But I mean, what, imagine your friends and one of your friends that you're close with. And you, you know, you don't, you're not expecting it. How would that impact you? And I think that we got to, we got to remember the human element, right? Sometimes in this, in these cases. And I think that that could have an impact and it could be part of what they're going through right now. They're just, they're just off. They're not right. These last few games. Um, mm. uh, and I, I think that I'm not saying that's the sole reason. I think that some players have not been playing well, even when they were winning a little bit. Um, uh, but I think that that certainly exacerbates, you know, not, even play that they have. I, I want to just last one uh, regarding uh, Carter Hart. Uh, yeah. Not to not to you know continue to go this direction at, but I just I just want a clarification. I mean, there's a possibility we don't see him play again as a flyer. I, I think there's a very real possibility of that. I mean, uh, you know, if if everything um, comes out, like I said, ten days from now, and he's charged. Again, let's just speculate for a second. Let's say he is charged. Yeah. Then I've got to imagine that's it. I mean, that 
the Flyers will separate themselves from him. Um, at least, at least make him a non-rostered player. Um, you know, they might still have his rights or whatever. I mean, if it depends on how you look at it. I mean, there's the league is going to dictate a lot more of this than than yeah. I think the team is um, on how they're going to handle the players. Um, so I think that that's that's kind of it. But there is a very real chance that he has played his last game in, as a flyer. Wow. All right. Yeah. Let me. So just to segue out of that, not not easy for sure. Just to back to what Tone was talking about, huh? Is this more? I mean, there's some troubling signs. They've been, they've been digging themselves big holes lately, yeah. three yeah. nothing, et cetera. And even you know, some of it, you understand they're maybe coming back to earth a little bit. How much of it is in your estimation, just that, like, you know what? They were kind of playing over their head. Well, it's yeah. Kind of- yeah. I mean, I think that's smart, Rob. I and mean, that's the yeah. way to put it. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, we've been on our pod, we've been, um, you know, cautioning fans like, Hey, listen, you know, enjoy this. This is fun. This is great. They're playing, you know, well above expectation. They're, they're probably better than we all thought right. um, coming into the season. But don't don't go too far. Don't raise your expectation level because this is a long season, and the Flyers have some of their toughest parts of their schedule coming up. And we're we're they're in one right now. And there's even one in March that's even more ridiculous than this. But they're in a tough uh, stretch of games against some good, really good teams. And there was always the danger of you know, the league catching up to them a little bit, figuring out what they're doing. And then, you know, the fact that they're a hardworking team can only carry you so far. Um, and so there was always the danger that you that you would hit a rut. The good news about it is, is that when you're in hockey, because of the loser point, which is, you know, you get, if you sometimes you lose an overtime or shootout, you still get a point in the standings. Because of that, it's harder to fall out of a playoff spot than it is to climb back into one. So getting off to a good start gave the Flyers a little bit of a uh, a little bit of rope here mm-hmm. uh, to kind of hang in there. So they've lost four straight games, all of them in regulation, and really aren't no in no different a spot than they were in before they started losing. Yes, they were in second mm-hmm. place, and now they're in third. But the reality of it was that Carolina had several games in hand, so Carolina was always going to be ahead of them in that spot, even though they were officially in second place. Um, but they really haven't fallen there. They still have a five-point cushion right. between them and the fourth-place New Jersey Devils, who still have a couple games in hand as well. But you, the cushion still exists even after four losses. There are teams that are behind. I mean, look, look at a team like Edmonton, who's won 15 straight games, <sighs> and they're still in third place. Okay, so they had a climb. So that just that is wild. They won 15 straight games and they're still in third place. Oh my god! Right, and so that's what I'm saying. It's harder to climb than it is to fall um, because of the loser point. So, the, so the advantage is still there for the Flyers to come out of this and hang around and and maybe steal playoff spot. But right. they're gonna have to they're gonna have to figure it out here in the next. We got one more game before the All Star break. Then they take like 10 days off and then. They hit the ground running again with another tough stretch of their schedule. But if they can kind of hang around 500 for the next month, you know, there's only we're only talking about 12, 13 games total. If they can hang around that, you go into March in a playoff spot probably at 500 the rest of the next month. So it's going to be a really good finish for them. Um, They just have to kind of tread water a little bit here. And I got to ask you this about the Flyers. You know, with with more than half the season already done, have you personally began to identify? players who they should build around or at least have you began to identify players that they can maybe start to incorporate inside their core guys yeah well i mean you know news 
breaks today that they signed Owen Tippett to an eight-year contract, um, 49 point something million dollars. It's an average of 6.2 million a year. Um, that's a great deal. That's a great deal when you think about it, because Owen Tippett's going to score 30 goals this year, at least 30 goals. Um, assuming no, assuming he comes back from injury relatively soon, which I think he will be. Um, and, and if he's a 30 goal guy every year at $6.2 million, that's a steal. The cap's going to go up next year. It's going to go up again the year after that and keep going up. And his contract's staying the same mm-hmm. to, through the age of 32. So like that, that's going to be a really good contract for them in a few years because it's he's going to be making the same as middle of the lineup guys on other teams. Um, so that's a nice signing by the team. Uh, I think Joel Farabee has had a really nice bounce back season. I think there was a concern last year. I mean, I know he was coming off the neck surgery, um, and and uh, you know, would he ever kind of develop into that you know top end player that they thought he was going to be when they drafted him in the first round? And he's had a really strong season. He's been one of their best players this year. And so you you start looking at that and go, okay, there you go. There's there's another guy who's going to be part of this core going forward. And, you know, we we talk so much about a guy like Morgan Frost because he's been in John Tortorella's doghouse so many times, you know, healthy scratch multiple times during the year. Same thing last year. Since he had a uh, heart-to-heart with the coach, he went into the office and they had they they aired their differences. And he's been put back into the lineup, with the exception of last night's loss in Detroit. He, he and that line has been sensational. It's been him and Atkinson and Farabee. They've been really, really good. And um, he was averaging more than a point a game, um, really dangerous on the offensive side. So maybe you sit there and go, this is the Morgan Frost that they were hoping for for all for these last five years. This was the guy mm-hmm. that they wanted to get. Um, again, it's a small sample size, but if he continues to do it, well, then that says something, right? And so then you look, and then you look around, and you, you know, you got guys on defense. Cam York's had a nice year. They just traded for the Jamie Drysdale kid, who they think is going to be something special, right? Um, there are pieces here that are going to be a big part of this organization going forward. So there's a lot to like about what's coming for the Flyers. I, I wanted to ask you about Drysdale. I know it's a very small sample size, and and he was yeah. sick, and that you know threw everything off a little bit. But from what you've seen, is he bringing to the table? What they hope, the right-handed shot, the captain of the power play, solid, you know, one deep pairing. Is he there? No, he's not there yet, but, I mean, you, there are things that you see. I mean, I think the special team side of things is where you really see his value. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a smooth, smooth skater. But then the, the, here's the, the thing I thought. There was two different uh, parts to him on the power play, and he's only been playing the second power play because, to be fair to Igor Zamula, since they moved him onto the top power play unit, power play started scoring goals yeah. right guys getting shots to the net and they're getting rebounds and putting them in so credit to him and so that's made drysdale be part of the second power play unit but they had a game against i think it was against dallas where he uh he he they say he walks the line right so it's it's moving laterally across the top of the zone on the power play patience on the power right play. And, and yeah and so he walks the line and what he's doing is he's pulling the defenders away from him mm-hmm. and it opens up uh, a teammate so he makes a pass like a Travis Sanheim on the half wall he takes a shot goalie makes a save but there's a rebound and Cam Atkinson's able to put it in for a goal that's great then they go and they play uh, against Tampa the other night and first power play Tampa's not moving with him 
their their penalty killers are staying put. They're like, oh, we know you're not going to shoot it out there, Jamie. Mm-hmm. So like, got to find something else out. The Flyers adjust and they flip them and they put Sanheim at the top and move Drysdale onto the half wall. And now now they're going to move with Sanheim because they know he'll shoot. Mm-hmm. And Drysdale, who doesn't normally shoot, shoots and scores a goal. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like that's a that's a thing. It's like okay, there's there's that element to his game as well, which we had not seen yet. And so there's a lot of good stuff there. He has a lot that he's got to work on in his own zone. He's got some defensive deficiencies that I think are more a product of the fact that he was in Anaheim, which was not a very good defensive defensive team, not well coached defensively. And I think that there's things that he's going to have to figure out and work. And Bradshaw is one of the best defensive coaches in, in hockey. I think that will help him. Um, <clears throat> but so far, so good with what I think what you're seeing with Jamie Drysdale. Uh, last flyers question for me, and um, yeah. when it comes to the playoffs, right? Yeah, and 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 when they make it, notice I didn't say if when they make it to the play- <laughs> when the flyers make it to the playoffs, um, what do you believe would be their most favorable matchup? Because again, um, me and Rob talk about this all the time. I personally believe that if the, when the flyers get to the playoffs, whoever they get, that team. It's going to have a rude awakening because I think the way the Flyers conduct themselves, the way they play, they're going to be so physical. They're going to be so amped up. They're going to force you to six or maybe seven games because of just how pesky they are. And I firmly believe that whoever plays them in whatever series, their following series, they're going to lose it because the Flyers are going to wear them out. So, again, my question to you is, what what do you think is the most favorable matchup for them going into the playoffs? That's a good question. No one's asked me that yet, so I have to think about it just for a second. But I will Mm -hmm. say this. Um, I agree with you that if the Flyers get into the playoffs, they will be a tough out because of the way that they play. Um, they're really good at five on five, and that's important. I mean, that's where games are won and lost, really, at five on five. The the special teams helps. Like you, can, special teams can win a game here and there, um, and, and it supports your team. And the Flyers have a great penalty kill, best one of the top two or three in the league. Uh, their power play has not been as good, although it's been better lately. You want to avoid a team that can score like Tampa does on the power play, right? So you want to avoid those top-end skill teams because if you give them an opportunity, as good as your penalty kill is, they're still going to score because mm-hmm. that's where they're that's mm-hmm. where they're so effective. So I look around the lead, I look around the potential first-round matchups, and you sit there and go, okay, well, if they finish second or third, they're probably playing Carolina. Okay, if they fall to a wild card, you're getting either the Rangers or Boston. Okay, those are those are really the the three possibilities right now. I mean, I guess other teams can sneak into those spots, but in in all reality, that's the three. I think of the three, the best matchup is probably Carolina um, because they're not the high octane offensive team. It's a team that it's going to be. They're going to play a very similar style to you, Rod Brindamore, kind of hardcore. Yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, it's it's one of those series you say, all right, well, that team's not going to pull away from us, mm-hmm. and we're not going to pull away from them. That's a long series. That's a five on five, grind it out, tough series. But it's probably the best matchup for the Flyers. The Rangers pose some problems because of their skill. The Bruins pose some problems because of their skill. I think that the Carolina of those three teams is probably your best matchup. All right, last one, Ant, because I know you got to roll, uh, and we yeah. appreciate you giving us a couple minutes. Phillies, yeah. pitchers and catchers, the 14th, uh, full squad, the 19th. I can't believe it either. Can't, uh, can't happen fast enough, man. <laughs> I'm going down. I'm going down to spring training uh, on the third of March. Oh, so I'm so jealous, days. man. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I love it down there. But anyway, um, will we see a move made? A move that that will 
raise an eyebrow or will will it be eh, okay? What, what do you think between now I, and then? I think I think we're more on the on the periphery, Rob. Okay. I really do. Um, I will never say never with Dave Dombrowski. I hate the guy always finds a way to make a big move and there are still some big names that have not signed huge names like and and that's just that's knowing your market right that's knowing how Mm -hmm. things are working in the marketplace and so maybe you look at and say we have somebody that we really like but we don't want to pay them what they were asking for in november and december but if this keeps pushing into february that number could come down and then we can get them at that price and it works for us i still i'm still not 100 percent convinced that going into this with the outfield that you have is the right way to go. Um, they're banking on, on Rojas having a, a good sophomore year. He's a, he's phenomenal defensively. I'm not a hundred percent sure he gets that bat going to where they need it to be. So that's the thing where I think you might be able to add a bat um, yeah. there. Uh, it would also help the bench too, because the bench does not inspire me a lot. Um, but I think that they're pretty set. As far as the 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 pitching, they might you know get some non roster guys that are intriguing, veteran players who didn't sign guaranteed contracts who come in and maybe try and win a job in camp. And right. you go, oh well, that that's an interesting name, or that's an interesting name that gets added to the to the list. I think that might happen, mm-hmm. um, but I don't. You know, it, like I said, I'll never say never, but I, I still think that there's going to be another bat that gets added to this to this mix for the team. Great. And listen, keep up the good work. Uh, you could follow him on Twitter at Ant San Philly. And of course, uh, crossing broad for his content, snow, the goalie pod and crossed up for the Phillies uh, uh, content as well. And thanks for a couple minutes, man. Have a Anthony, great thank you. Thanks, we appreciate boys. you. Anytime. You got All right, take care. Anthony San Filippo from crossing broad. All right. Before we hit a timeout here and, and, and go full bore into the NFL stuff tone, Sixers got rolled last night. Although when their bench came in and Indiana's bench came in, they made it kind of a game. Uh, a little bit last night, but you, you, it was just one of those games, man, from the jump defensively, it, it they were not good. It happens. It happens, man. It's, it's an 82 game season. Yeah. Not going to get your best every single night. What concerned me more was seeing Joel B tweak that knee a little bit. Yeah. That's what concerned me more. He still played the game. He dropped 31, <laughs> but kept the streak going. Um, more. But, that's my that's more so what I'm paying attention to because in, in, in the NBA, in my humble opinion, seating doesn't matter as much as it is, as it does in other sports. You know what I mean? Basketball seating, okay. I mean, look, okay, in a series you may get three home games. Okay, big whoop. I just I, you know I just feel like in basketball seating is the least of your worries. Once you get in, anything is possible at that point. Yeah. We've seen. We've seen seven seeds knock off two seeds or six seeds knock off three seeds. Remember Milwaukee was the last season they got knocked out in the first round, right? So it doesn't even matter where you're seated in the NBA. Just get in. So um, I think, I think yeah, things didn't go well. Uh, and, B got, and B got hurt a little bit. And it just happens. You know, it's no big deal. The Pacers are a good team. Uh, granted, you did lose to them without Halliburton, but they did trade for Pascal Siakam, and he had the triple-double last yeah, night. Yeah, big game. Yeah. Right. So uh, the Pacers are going to be a tough out regardless. They're a good team. They're well-coached. But I'm not taking I'm not taking much out of it. Uh, my biggest concern is uh, Joel Embiid's health in, you know, in, in, in the long term. Yeah, speaking of Embiid, uh, named an all-star starter uh, for the Eastern Conference. No surprise there. No surprise uh, at all. If it was anything other than that, it would have been a joke. Uh, Giannis, Embiid, Jason Tatum. Tyrese Halliburton and Dame Lillard are your starters. And here's the thing, right? In the East. I'm a Dame Lillard fan. Big Dame yep. Lillard guy. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of controversy around it surrounding his starting spot. A lot of people felt like, you know, should have went to Jalen Brunson or a Tyrese Maxey, guys who are just having better overall seasons than him right now. Yep. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I, I think he should not have been a starter. Because uh, it, because in my opinion, it just clearly showed you it was more of a popularity contest correct. Than, than anything else. Yeah, I don't think he was worthy of being a starter. I think there right. are a lot of other guys. I think he's an all-star, but not a starter this year. I agree. I agree. And I'll tell you, Maxie better be a, a reserve. Uh, and I know he had a tough night last night, but he, he should be a reserve. Uh, West is Joker, Durant, Luka, uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and LeBron. It, it's LeBron's 20th all-star game, which uh, is – Shea Gilgis is incredible. Incredible. Shea Gilgis, man, he I love his game. I love everything about his game, man. Um, I remember when he first came into the league, uh, I think he's with the Clippers at first, right? And then he got traded to the uh, traded to OKC. Um, yeah, man. Shea Gilgis is the real deal. He's improved a ton. Yeah, and also for LeBron James, that 20th consecutive. I think it's every year he's been in the league. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. All-Star Games February 1st. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Oh, really my God. Man, uh, shout out to LeBron, man. It's been an amazing run. Uh, there's no question about that. All right, when we come back, uh, some more Eagle stuff and a bunch of NFL stuff, and we will preview the AFC and NFC championship games this weekend. So we roll into the final hour of the program. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now about Flynn Tree Service. Excuse me, Flynn Tree Services. They are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They are experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You could go to their Instagram or Facebook page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. In the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis. On this Friday, sports take. Let's hit the like button if we could, friends. All right, so a couple things here. Um, Mike Caldwell, who was initially thought to be a candidate for the Eagles defensive coordinator, he was previously of Jacksonville, got fired there. Uh, There are reports that he will interview for the Eagles for the linebacking coach position. So he may work under Vic Fangio. So we've heard that name. We've heard Joe Barry as well, uh, who was let go by the Packers to potentially come here um, as a defensive assistant. So you can be looking at some pretty pretty good names here, uh, working under and with Vic Fangio on the Eagles' defensive side. I would expect there's going to be a lot of house cleaning on that side of the ball. Like, you, you know, you would figure Stoutland survives. I don't know about some of the other offensive play, uh, coaches, Tone, but there's going to be know house what? cleaning on the defense. It's, yeah, definitely on the defense side. Jeff Stoutland is untouchable. I don't care what anyone says. You get hired here, Jeff Stoutland, you might as well as, you know, establish a residency. Um, engrave his name on all the concrete bricks. He's not going anywhere. Um, but as far as the other staff on the offense, one guy that doesn't get talked about enough that I used to give, I used to give heat to, but then I kind of softened up on him. But now I'm ready to give him back some more heat. Is Aaron Moorhead at the wide receiver position? This is why. Okay. Prior to Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. Who, in my opinion, came to the came to the situation already ready made. I had a hard time figuring out who he developed, who he got the most out of, right? And again, I'm not looking at him and giving him credit for AJ Brown's development. I'm not giving him credit for Devontae Smith's development. I, I I think those guys literally are just freaks of nature on their own. But when I think about the guys who didn't have, who didn't maybe have the the highest reserve of talent, but trying to maximize their skill set. I didn't get that from Aaron Moorhead. Quez Watkins, come on now. Um, beyond Quez Watkins, um, who else was there? I know you had Olamide Zacchaeus. He had moments throughout the season. Don't get it twisted. He had moments, but still, what did you get out of him? No. Um, the Eagles don't really get much out of that that third wide receiver spot anyway. But still, I feel like the wide receiver position from a development standpoint um, has been lacking. Uh, I would like to see a different voice, um, a different person lead that charge. Um, in the wide receiver room, um, the tight end room. I feel like we haven't been getting enough development from the backup tight ends. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just clean house entirely on that side, except for Jeff Stotland. Everybody else, you know, pack your bags. Yeah, I think you're. I think that's fair. 
Um, all right, so let's look at uh, let's look at a couple things around the league. So Raheem Morris gets the uh, the Falcons job yesterday. Significant. Shout out to Raheem Morris. Shout out to Raheem Morris. Yeah, significant on a couple of fronts. So um, he becomes the first African American head coach for the Falcons in their franchise history. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. Because mm-hmm. you know Atlanta is a is a very black city. So like it's, it's it's fascinating, but nonetheless, um, that's pretty cool. So uh, just to take that a step further here, so um, four of the six coaching hires thus far have been a person of color: uh, Jared Mayo with the Patriots, Antonio Pierce with the Raiders, Raheem Morris, and Dave Canales is Mexican American. All right, so four of the six. There's only two openings left now. We have Washington and Seattle. Uh, have been uh, people of color. There are six black NFL coaches uh, as we speak right now. So, you know, and the other thing is Falcons chosen, they interviewed 14 candidates, including Belichick, Vrabel, and Jim Harbaugh. Now, you could look at it and say Harbaugh was destined for the Chargers all along. Okay, that's fair enough. But still, I mean, you know, pretty significant guys that he beat out for that gig. Yeah, yeah, you know, I have, you know, Harbaugh, man. There was there was a lot of big names in general, right? Vrabel, Harbaugh, Belichick, and there were guys that we thought would get jobs before anybody else. Belichick, Vrabel, but Vrabel's still out there, and I don't know what job is left for him. That that makes sense. Belichick, same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Belichick just took the year off, fell back. But then again, I feel like he's going to find a way to consult somewhere. Um, Who wouldn't want Belichick consulting? And then Vrabel. Man, he's he's such a domineering personality. He should be a head coach, but I'm but the defensive coaches. I mean, I know Raheem Morris is a defensive coach, but I don't know why do you think Vrabel hasn't gotten a job yet? What do you think is the holdup? I, I think you know. I think there could be a couple things at play. One, um, I I think with Vrabel there has to be a certain level of autonomy that he's given. And I don't know that all GMs are comfortable with this. Like a lot of this is connections like Carolina, Dan Morgan and Dave Canales worked together in Seattle for years. Canales was there for 12 years working with uh, Pete Carroll. Dan Morgan was there for a lot of those years. Sills points out Rich McKay hired Raheem morris in tampa with dungy and monty kiffin back in the day and and sills is right absolutely right about that some of this is is personal connection okay. uh, but the thing is vrabel will be a head coach next year um without a doubt i think belichick some of it is ageism i do i do think it's ageism with belichick more i think it's way more i think it's way what was your question is was it no 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 it wasn't really a question um I, I, I agree with you. I think yeah, I yeah. think I think with Belichick it is ages, but I think I do have a question now. Yeah. You say Vrabel should should be a hit. If not this year, he'll definitely be one next year. What jobs do you think are for some people at risk of being available? Uh one could be here. Um the Jets job is could very much be in flux if they don't have a good year. I would say for sure. Dallas could be a job. Okay, so Dallas, Philly, Jets. New York Giants. Giants. So both New York teams, Philly. Chicago. Okay. Um, okay. 
Let me New Orleans, talk. maybe. New Orleans, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think there, there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of w- at least warm seats right now. Mm-hmm. You know, guys who survived and you weren't quite sure if they were going to. Sill says Tampa. Yeah, maybe. It's maybe possible. Tampa. It's, 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 it's possible because I I don't know why I feel like Todd Bowles. Out of most head coaches, Todd Bowles has been on like a how can I put it? Because obviously the Jets years weren't great. But I feel like Todd Bowles is on like this very weird leash. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um so and, and and I think I think you're they're more apt to blow out the defensive guy quicker than the offensive guy, but you know, we'll see. But but anyway, I, I thought it was pretty interesting that Belichick put himself out there. Basically, one team interviewed him. Atlanta, and he didn't get any gigs. This guy has more Super Bowls than anybody. That to me is strange. And I know the way it ended. I know they didn't have great years the last couple of years, but they were still phenomenal defensively. And if he wasn't the guy calling the shots, like if he was agreeable to come in and let somebody else be a GM, I'm not sure, 100% sure he was. But if he was, I don't know how he doesn't get a gig. Um, I don't. I, I think you nailed it earlier. I don't think it has nothing to do with the stipulations that he wants to lay out. I, I think it, I think the league is just moving past them from an yeah. age standpoint. I think I, I think these coaches, the, you know, well, I think these GMs, these owners, they want younger guys in the building. They they do. They want younger guys that they can kind of, for lack of better terms, control more. Correct. You know, see, it's so easy. You know, it's we naturally think it's only an Eagles issue. But this is really an NFL issue, really. Like the, the Eagles are just a team that we cover. But for the most part, this this Eagles model of doing things, you know, the, you know, the front office and ownership and GM have more control and, and all that kind of stuff, and trying to pick and, and picking staff and trying to lay out, you know, the ecosystem that they want. That's actually more par for the course than Eagles fans probably realize. Yeah. So, um, a guy like Bill Belichick, you know, no disrespect, you know, he's he's a relic. You know, amongst these guys, you know, he's a, he, you know, he, you know, he's, he's a dinosaur. I don't know if a guy like him can still command the same level of, um, I don't want not respect, but command the same level of attention as these young hotshot guys would. I, I would say one other thing to keep in mind, possibly mm-hmm. pissed a lot of people off with Spygate and some of the other stuff. Some teams that were directly affected by it. You think you you think teams still hold that against him? Yes, hmm. I do. They'll never admit it. They will never admit it. I didn't Ever. give that. I didn't give that. I, I didn't give any of the conspiracies or any of the um, scandals surrounding the, the Patriots during his tenure. I didn't give any of that any thought. You know, when it came to his um his hiring chances, I, I didn't give it any thought. It's my speculation. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I don't think we'll ever hear anybody. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think you're far off in speculating that. I mean, I think it's a fair. It's a fair assessment. It's just something that I didn't even bother to think about. It went it completely went over my head because, you know, I just took it as something that you know that was kind of in the wind. But you maybe you maybe you may be right. It's a it's you have to consider all possibilities for this for this man to only have one interview, or you know one team and you know entertaining him. That says a lot for a guy of his ilk. Yep, and you know comes around goes around, and maybe maybe you get in a little little taste. Uh, you know, when you, when you, when you play hardball like that, you, you do some of the things that he did. Uh, so anyway, but I thought that was interesting that, that, you know, 
even if Pete Carroll wanted to get back in, I know he's older as well, but Belichick, Carroll, and Vrabel. Vrabel doesn't fit the category of these guys age-wise, but I'm saying those three guys don't get in. You know, and they're and teams are taking chance like Dave Canales. And I and I respect Dave Canales. He, he he paid his dues, right? And he and he is a he's like a QB whisperer. He really is. Uh got the most out of Russell Wilson, got the most out of Geno Smith, uh, got the most out of Baker Mayfield. So I, I I'm not denying the credentials, and I get why if you're Carolina, you want that guy to work with Bryce Young because you got to get Bryce Young right. You gave up so much to get that guy. But yeah. like there is a little part of me that's like, damn. You're going to go with a guy who's never coached. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, an, another guy that I feel like is—I'm not saying his name bubbling enough—is <clears throat> Eric Bieniemy. It, it, it's really surprising. Like he's clearly good at his job, but he—I'm sorry—he maximized Sam Howell. If you ask me, I mean, yeah, they didn't win a lot of games, but I felt like he maximized that kid. There was a point in time where that, that kid was leading the league in passing yards. You know, um, he had—he had—he had him torch. He, he, he Eric Benemy, Eric Benemy torched the Eagles twice. So it, it's, it's, it's there, there, there's there's a clear thread that the <clears throat> the league, these teams, they don't really want these guys that have an edge to them. They really don't. But then it begs the question: How did Jim Harbaugh? I mean, I understand he won a national championship, you know, but Jim Harbaugh has some things attached to him that aren't as favorable, right? Especially in the college ranks. Maybe those NFL guys look at it like, well, that's not the NFL, so we don't really care. And also, he's younger than um, Bill Belichick, so maybe that you know that you know that lends in his favor as well. I don't know. Um, bottom line is these 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 organizations they pick and choose. Um, they pick and choose when to care about certain things, and they have selective morality. Yeah. And um, ultimately, it goes down to if they want you know if they want you, they want you. If they don't, they don't. I'm just shocked the guy of Eric Bieniemy's stature. His knowledge of the game, his knowledge of the of, of of offense, how he's not being considered for head coaching jobs. It's, I'm not it's, hearing it's him truly for OC jobs. That's another thing as well. We, we we don't even know if he's coming back to Washington. So it's just yeah, I don't think he's going back to Washington. I just don't. I just don't understand. I don't. I don't understand it. Or maybe I do. Maybe I do. But maybe it's a conversation that a lot of people don't want to have. Yep. All right. Um, elsewhere, uh, Brandon Staley will interview with the Packers. For their defensive coordinator gig, uh, which was, you know, exited by Joe Barry. The Bucks will be talking. Uh, well, there, look, there's to Kellen Moore. We, we talked about how the Eagles did, had a virtual meeting with him. So they will talk to him. The Bucks will also interview Zach Robinson, who was the offensive coordinator with the Rams, but he is, does not call play. Sean McVay calls plays. So he may be able to, go, you know, get out of that and go be the play caller for the Bucks to take over for Canales mm-hmm. as the offensive coordinator. Uh, so keep your eye on that one. Brian Callahan will call his own plays in Tennessee. Uh, Luke Getze will interview for the Raiders. OC gig, Jared Johnson, who interview with the Eagles, will interview with the Steelers for their OC gig as well. Tone, I know Eagles fans are going to be thrilled to hear this. Okay. Oh, here we go. No, I was. I was thrilled to read this. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. You're scaring me. I'm being totally sarcastic. The NFL has the utmost confidence in the turf for Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. They feel great. (laughs) They have installed a new turf out there. They're using the same system they used last year. Uh, They are working on it day in and day out and feel great 
that it will be in good shape when they play. And what the freaking do, because it was an ice skating rink last year. So I'm so happy that the two teams are going to be playing in the Super Bowl will actually be playing on turf where they're not sliding all over the place. So awesome for them. All right. You know, it's, you're done. That's how I'm playing. But I'm done. I'm so But no, you know what? I I hear hear your frustration. I feel your frustration. Um, Both teams had to play on it. And I I just... You know, it is, it is what it is, man. No, uh, I, it's not even that. They no. do. They do. I, 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 I know, but it's, it still was. No, but here's, here's my I, issue. Yeah. You're in a game in a dome. No, you know uh, what? No, neither team should have had to play on that. Look, right, here's I'm, the thing, right? We can't be the ones that we can't be the ones to rip it. You know what I mean? Because we're obviously, you know, supporters of the Philadelphia Eagles. But I feel like if someone's speaking objectively that has no attachment to either team, they would say, without a shadow of a doubt, the NFL should be ashamed of themselves. I just wanted some kind of admission that the turf was crap and we won't let it happen again. They're like, not can't going even give to do me that. that. They're not going to do that. Come on, man. Pride and pride and ego is, you know, in these patriarchal organizations, pride and ego is at the forefront. I... Keeping appearances at the forefront. When will well has the NFL ever no. openly admitted? You know what? We dropped the ball there. No. Nah, they haven't. So why would we expect them to do so now? I I know. It's just uh, they believe in the shield. The shield is law. Shield this. Don't 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 you get that, Rob Robbie? Don't you get that? (laughs) Um. (laughs) All right. So a name you you may know, you may not know. I I don't know how familiar um people are with him. Um, but the Patriots have a wide receiver named uh. Kayshawn Butte. So he was um, he was arrested Thursday, yesterday, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, over allegations of illegal sports betting while he played at LSU. So uh, Louisiana State Police said the charges against him. He's only he's twenty one now. He's young. He's a rookie. Um, include a felony count of computer fraud and misdemeanor count of gambling prohibited prohibited uh, for persons under twenty one. The investigation is ongoing. So listen to this one. So investigators, he had, <laughs> this is what I love. He used an alias account, right? Where he still used his last name with like different first names and stuff like that. Just brilliant, by the way, out of him. Your last but, name is the most valuable part of your I, name, I, I, not dude. the first name. So uh, he is believed to have, have used Butte, the name Butte, placed more than 8,900 wagers with at least 17 bets on NCAA football games. Here's the kicker, including six games that he played in at LSU. So like, first of all, dude, get a real alias. Number one. Okay. <laughs> I get mean, a real- go Joe, go Joe Smith. Get a okay. real alias. <laughs> so go 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 Joe Smith, number one. Number oh, remember, two. Remember, remember, real quick, real quick, before you get to number two. Yeah. If you were doing some illegal sports betting, what would be your alias? Oh my god. <laughs> it wouldn't be oh. anything near Rob Ellis. I can tell you that. It would just, be like just, just, just give me one. Just, just give me something. Give All me right. something. I don't, I don't care how ugly it is. Just give me something. Uh oh god. Uh let's go. I would go, uh, 
I'm thinking like Ron Mexico for, for Michael Vick or something like that. <laughs> I would, yeah, that's a good one, Daz. I would go, I'll go, um, dry Cheerios would be my, uh, would be my name. Really? Really? Um, <laughs> see, you gotta go, the name has to have some sort of significance, right? So you gotta go something like a, like a you gotta go to like a, a third string catcher on okay. a nineteen on a nineteen sixties baseball. I'll go theme, Chooch because that was Carlos Ruiz's nickname. Uh, I'll go Chooch and I'll jump to another sport. Oh, what was a good name? Oh God, Chooch Kelly. Chooch Kelly. Okay, yeah. all right. See, see, that's a good one. Ah. That's a good one. That that's a that, that's a real good one. If I had to give myself one. Mm. Um, my gambling alias would be, uh, Broderick Pendergrass. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Broderick like Pendergrass. All right. What do we have? We got some good That's ones one. here. Elamay, Elamay Jabari. Jabari. All right. <laughs> I like that ABI too, man. I yeah, like Norman that. Van Ellis. Okay. We could do that. Uh, Norman Van Ellis. Norman Van Hater Ellis. Hater salad. Like that. I, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's like go. That. Let's go. Peter uh, Rosen. Mm. Yep. yep, yep. Okay. So Jake says you got to go with your porn's name, Nar. First name of your first pet, name. last name of the first street you lived on. So I would go Willie Hillside. Willie oh, Hillside. my God. That's a Yo, good one. I got a better one. All right. It says first name of your first uh, name of your first pet. And... Yes. And the street you grew up on. Okay. Mine would be Ashley Glenwood. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Glenwood and Willie Hillside. I like it. I like it. Yo, uh, those sound like legit porn star names. Yes. Oh my God. Spike Willie Hillside. Beverly. Okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Ziggy Buffalo. I love these, man. I love these. Okay. These are good. This, this is the part of the show that I enjoy the most, right? When this is Friday, man. We got to let loose. Friday, Freaky Friday, baby. So, yep. so Willie Hillside? Yes. Willie Hillside. And I'm Ashley Glenwood. I like it. Okay. I like oh my it. God. I'm never going to forget that, by the way. <laughs> Baby Pilate. <laughs> it's good by Christy. Pepe oh Woodside. Uh, Pepe Woodside. I like. All right. There's a company oh fast and furious. That's All right. Hilarious. Uh, let's go Winston Mildred for Twiz. Oh my God. Clem Back Walnut. Walnut. <laughs> Fluffy Welder. Welder. Hank Steamer. All right, Hank Steamer. That's a good one. Hank right. Steamer. Good one. Oh, my God. You guys are hilarious. But, but like, dude, first of all, if you placed 8,900 bets, first of all, you got a problem, brother. That's a lot. That's a lot. You got issues, okay? My man needs help. I'm not kidding. That's a lot, man. But you know what's so crazy? It's easier. Like, that's easier. That's easier to do than you may think, right? If you're just really into sports, you just place petty bets. It can, like. Yeah, because you could do, like, $10 bets. Yeah, but it can add up, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and then that's depending on if you place more than one in one day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you place, if you place five bets a day in a three hundred sixty-five day span, how many bets is that? Let's let's find out. Oh, five times three sixty-five. That's still only eighteen hundred bets. So, dude, he was doing more than five a day. He had to be doing at least ten a day, maybe more. Oh, because even ten times three sixty-five. Is only thirty six fifty. Like, like, really? Was he placing bets for people too? Like, maybe? Like, I, I don't know, man. He must have been doing. I mean, he must have been betting like early games. You know, the uh, the, the noon kickoff, three thirty. 
Listen, night games. He, he must have been better. He must have been, been better. What color cleats they was gonna have on? Yeah, my man, my man was just <laughs> he was in it going wild. Oh Ooh, my god, man, that's crazy. So he, he's in trouble. First of all, the fact that he bet on games that he was playing in is what's really gonna get him. That's a good point, LJ. He probably was doing a lot of live betting too. That's, that's a good, that's a good point. point. Uh, yeah, he's right. He's absolutely right about that. So that's um, he's in trouble. He's in some trouble, man. I can tell you that because the the betting age uh, is 21. Um, I don't know that that's in every state, but it is. So it's, uh, he's in trouble. He's in trouble. On a side note. Yeah. Gambling sports gambling is obviously not legal in every state, right? It's not legal in every state yet. Right. Right. But think about how much money they make now. Right. Can you imagine if it was? Yeah. That industry would probably supersede what the NFL yeah, I, I mean, they would be yes. They, the the amount of money they would be bringing in would be incredible. It would be. Um, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not anti anti gambling. And I think there is yeah, some I mean, really convoluted either. stuff that goes on. You know, like athlete, like an, an NFL player has to leave his facility if, let's say, he wants to place a wager on an NBA game. Like that to me is strange. But but here's the deal. I here, what I would tell pro athletes and college athletes for that matter, man, just stay away from it when you're, when you're, when you're doing it. Cause just mm-hmm. weird stuff happens. Yeah. You know, I you, feel like you, they find ways to, to yeah. get you on anything. Like, just, Oh, you push the bet. You push yeah. the bet with your right foot in and your left foot out. Yeah. And then, and, and, and then you didn't you shake, shake it all, all about. about. Yeah. And then you did the hokey pokey. Yeah. You like, around. yeah they find ways to get you. So yeah. um, if, if it was me, I would just stay away from it. Or yep. just, find, or, or, or just find myself an offline bookie. <laughs> like I don't know, but but anyway, nonetheless, though it's not that big a deal to to bet, but uh, it's, it's it's I'm I don't I don't take it all I don't look at all of it as the biggest deal, but when you break the rules, you break the law. It's it's what can, what can you really say about yeah. it? Yeah, and th- this is a guy who they better they better figure it out. They better get him some help. Uh, I can tell you that too. It, over eight thousand bets in, in how long of a span? How I don't a year or two, something like that. Crazy. That's insane, Rob. Yeah, yeah. Not good. Not good. Not good for him. It's a bad look for LSU, too, on, on top of it. I can tell you that much. Um, all right, let's hit it, and let's come back. Let's get into the championship games. Uh, we have the early game is the AFC. That's a 3 o'clock with the Chiefs at the Ravens, and then we have the Lions at the Niners for the nightcap in the NFC. So we'll dive into both of those games. Uh, when we come back, give our prediction storylines. I'll give you some injury updates that are important for all the teams involved uh, as well. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We'll be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. everybody final segment of the show on this friday hope you're doing well out there everybody all right so tone we have the championship games this weekend uh afc nfc let's start with the uh the later game actually let's start with the nfc game lions at the 49ers let me give you a couple of important injury updates start with the Lions side with frank ragnow their really good center has been dealing with ankle and foot issues and he, if you watch the game my man was hurting in that game and he was he was toughing it out, and he got through it. Uh, he is going to be able to play this weekend, so they're they're they feel good about where he's at and how he's progressed uh, during the week. But that's okay. key for them in that that middle of that offensive line, especially against that defensive line and and some of those guys. He's going to have to be dealing with. Um, flip side, equally important, if not more, Debo Samuel uh, will play. He's sore, but he's gotten enough work in kind of side stuff catching and doing some other football activities that they feel good about him playing too. Okay. The only thing I worry about with that man is like one hit, one fall on it. And I, I'm sure there'll be some, you know, special vitamins in there where he's not feeling as much pain, but <laughs> uh, you know, I, I worry about that one with him because he's a physical, you know, wide receiver. He's not one of these dudes who's just running a fly pattern every single time. Right. Yeah. He's a very physical guy. Um, and they use him in a bunch of different ways. <clears throat> it's going to be really, really interesting to see how he how he stands tall um, in a game that I expect is going to be very physical. Um, I love the back and forth between him and CJGJ. It's hilarious. Um, but overall, man, um, it should it should be a hell of a matchup, man. Both of these teams have been the most arguably they've arguably been two of the most consistent teams in the conference. Um, two of the most explosive teams in the conference. Um, two of the most well built 
and constructed teams in the conference. They are where they are, and they, and they rightfully deserve to be where they are. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles should probably take notes. So, yeah, man, going to be an exciting matchup. Um, I'll be honest, man. I would love to see the Lions in the Super Bowl. I would too. I I, to listen on so many levels. I would love Number to see one, it. If they just, won, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, if they won it all, I would petty, not be mad. Petty Eagles standpoint, I I, I want to see them get knocked out. I would I would enjoy nothing more than to see San Francisco get knocked out. Yeah, Jordan Love ruined it for us. He had he had a clear opportunity. I, I can't yeah. get over how how he showed his inexperience in that brief moment. I know that's all that it took. Tough. That was tough. It, 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 it un it undone it undid everything that he did leading into that game. Yep. It was just like, dog, you didn't have to throw that ball. No, just throw it away, man. Yeah. I think it was, it was first down, too, was which first, is the worst part. They were moving yeah. the ball. Yeah. I mean, I, well, they got the first first down. Like, they moved the ball. A, a oh, he, I felt good about them going down the field. I, I, they were, he I was in a rhythm, man. I was perfectly content with them. They had a minute left of three timeouts. I was not tripping at all. Yeah. But somehow, way, he panicked and threw the ball across his body into triple coverage. <laughs> I know. Middle of the field, oh, a late throw across your body. It's there's like 10 red flags that 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 were just you know going up when you did that. So many. So oh, many. yeah. Um, okay. Uh Chris D says uh tone Seth Joiner's predicting Lions versus Ravens in the Super Bowl. Um he is actually. He is. Uh I let me put it to you this way. I hope he's right. I hope you're right too. Now for, for I want I want the Lions in for the petty reason that I want the Niners to lose, but I also want the Lions to win because I like what they've done. And I like to see a team that hasn't been in an NFL championship since 1957. I would like to see their fan base experience that, you know, we here went from 1960 to 19 uh, to 2017 with the Eagles not winning one. And we know how joyous that was. So you know what? Let's let Detroit get a little taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally on board with. I'm totally on board with us. Detroit winning a Super Bowl. I would like. I would. I wouldn't feel no either. No which way about it. I'd be happy for. I'd be happy for the fan base. That parade would be crazy. Oh, I know that parade was going. It's going to be lit. So they also look. They also know. I I think they know how to build a team. Brad Holmes got the uh, Brad Holmes, you know, GM man. or executive of the year, whatever they call it, executive yep. of the year yesterday. And rightfully so. I mean, this is a guy who built it through the draft, who hit on trades like Jared Goff and hit on free agency, mm-hmm. you know, like across the board. And since his time there, you just look at the, at the his transaction list, man. It's sick. And they went in and got a coach who a lot of people mocked. And the team is now in his image and it, it, it works for them. That makes me wonder. Yeah. Makes me wonder. Um, what will it take for Harry Roseman to lose his job in Philadelphia? I'm not saying that that's what I want to happen, but I'm just curious. He seems untouchable. He seems like Teflon. What will I, it, I, I would what, say, what, what would it take? I think you'd need to, Really horrific years. I I don't even think one bet. Like, let me put it this way, Tone. If the Eagles went five and twelve next year, I still don't think that does it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think he's built up enough equity with wins and winning a Super Bowl and getting to a Super Bowl and the belief that Jeffrey Lurie has in him 
that I don't think that does it. LJ says three losing seasons, and and I I wouldn't even argue that either. I think it would have to be two historically bad years in a row, at least. And LJ might be right that it might be three. Mm. That that's just me. I I don't see it happening. I really don't. Um, yeah, I don't really yeah. see it either. Jeffrey's got a comfort level with him, you know, and they believe in what they've built there. And I don't think he's he's in any rush to change that up. I really don't. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's a fair question coming off of the way this year went. I, I And I don't think, you know, I know some people, in my opinion, have jumped the gun a little bit and want Howie out after this year. Come on, man. He They were in a Super Bowl last year. He did not have, you know, a, a, what you would call a great complete offseason, but it's I'm not ready to make that move yet. Anyway, so there, there's yeah, I'm, I'm not quite there either. Uh, yeah. I still consider Harry Roseman to be a top seven GM. Yeah, I would think I would I I I, I would consider him a top seven GM because <laughs> where we she say <laughs> another complete collapse plus a total failure of a drive and, and he's caught gambling <laughs> on the NFL at the Nova Care Conference. So basically, what you're saying is. Um, we need all the stars in the No, you planets. need the NFL to tell Jeffrey he's got to go rather than Jeffrey just making that call. <laughs> you need the sun to hit. Yeah, just right. You need the sun to hit the Novacare logo at the right angle. That happens once every 37 and a half years. No, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that had to happen. Yeah. That That's that's funny, man. That's but, funny. Um, yeah, I just, I just, you know. But with yeah, these I, I new guys coming up now, like Casario in, in, in Houston – um, Brad Holmes with the Lions. Yeah. Um, the GM with the um, um, the Ravens GM. Right. He's amazing. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, Brett Feach in Kansas City is excellent. Brett Feach, obviously, in Kansas City. The GM in Green Bay. Yes. That guy doesn't get talked about enough. Um, who else? Who else? I'm trying to think of some GMs who are just, in my opinion, really good at their jobs. Oh, John know. Lynch. John, yes, John, how can I forget John Lynch? John Lynch, um, the GM, Cincinnati's GM. I don't, I don't even know who he is. He gets no love. He's yeah, nice I like this. I like the Cincinnati GM as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's about as far as I go right now. The Miami Dolphins GM did a pretty decent job. Yeah, I'll give Les Snead credit. He's the Rams guy. Rams GM did he a hell them, of a job. He rebounded that pretty quick after that. They they dropped off after the Super Bowl. He, he exactly. got them back. The Seahawks GM. Yes, Schneider. You know, yep. The, the ability to bounce back at the trade and Russell Wilson and flipping him for all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. I, pretty I, good. I, so, yeah, look, look, man, there's quality GMs in this league. Harry Roseman needs to step his damn weight up, if you ask me. Two, there's two teams left who, who uh, don't have coaches yet, Tone. Prediction on Washington and prediction on Seattle. What do you think? I think I think Washington goes offensive minded coach. I think Seattle. I think it's Ben Johnson a thousand percent. Yeah, I think Ben Johnson goes to Washington. I think Dan Quinn goes to Seattle. Yeah, and I and I think the only reason Johnson's not announced is because he's still coaching. Right, you know? right, right. But I think uh, but I think they made their mind up. Yeah, in Seattle. It does feel like Quinn. It definitely feels like Quinn in Seattle. I mean, maybe that could change in the last second, but it feels like Quinn. And he's got the connections there. Uh, all right, so that's the er, that's the late game. So right now, San Francisco is favored by seven and a half points. Woo. I'll take I'll take the Lions plus the points. I, San Fran, I think wins the game. I think it's closer than that. I think it's like yeah, a field goal kind of game. That's disrespectful. They just they were they were just in a nub by the last week with Green Bay. Right. You know what I mean? And yes. he's just nah. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that at all. 
I'm with you. Uh, I'm I'm grabbing them happily with the uh, with the points. All right. So um, the now this is the early game. I think it's the better game, but it's the early game. So this is the AFC. We got the Chiefs at the Ravens. Uh, that is a 3 p.m. start. The other game is a 6:30 start. For what it's worth, uh, the Ravens are minus four points. Let me give you a couple things on the Ravens. The uh, Marlon Humphrey is expected to play. So that's a big one right there defensively mm-hmm. for them. And Mark Andrews is practicing as we speak uh, in, in, in Maryland right now, getting ready for the game. He's been activated off the, uh, off the IR. So uh, both sides of the ball. That's, that's good news for, uh, for, for uh, John Harbaugh's crew, for sure. Absolutely. This is going to be a hell of a game. Um, I think this game is going to be more on the lower scoring side. Both of those defenses are legit. Uh, but I definitely, I definitely got Baltimore winning that game. I just think Baltimore is just too good. They're too, they're too dominant on both sides of the ball. Um, the Chiefs, they are getting by. Obviously, Rasheed Rice has stepped up. Pacheco, Mahomes is Mahomes. You got Andy Reid, but um, but I just, I just, I just don't. I'm not buying. I just don't think they can beat the Ravens. The Ravens are just too complete. They're, they're so they they keep you off balance on both sides of the ball. They're just too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I uh I like the Ravens here. I hate going against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in these situations. I hate it. Um but I I agree with you. I think they're just too good on both sides. I think there's a big home field advantage playing in Baltimore. You know it's the first <laughs> AFC Championship game they played there. I didn't realize that. That's the first AFC Championship the Baltimore's played. Yeah, a lot of them on the road. Remember the year really? when they won it with Flacco, they won on the road. Who did they beat? Of- Was the Patriots who they beat? The Patriots, the Broncos, right? Uh, man, uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember everybody they beat, but yeah. Um, wow. To get there. Yeah. So, um, you know, and and couple things. Pacheco, good to go for Andy Reid, which is obviously important. And Thune, probably not uh, for Andy Reid, the, their guard. It's a big loss with that defense, man. Um, yeah. You know who's playing great for them? Jadavian Clowney for for Baltimore. Yeah, he is. He hit a major incentive in the, in the final week of the season. Yep. Um, he is playing well for them. Look, Clowney is interesting. A very interesting player. I think he turns it on and off when he wants. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a kind of like drafted first overall. He hasn't given you not once in his career a, a double digit sack season, but he finds his way on these good rosters. And like you said, I think he. He's very selective in where he when he decides to play play hard. <laughs> uh yeah. And, and when it's critical in terms of pay, somehow magically my man knows how to turn it on. So he he's mm-hmm. gonna get a payday out, out of this season. You know, he's only like 30. That's it, it's crazy. It seems like he's been around forever. I remember when he got drafted. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, Trey's mm. right. It's so weird. He's wearing number 24. As an edge rusher, that's that's strange. That that looks that looks off. Bizarre, right? Bizarre. Um, I don't know what the significance of that is either. Why? What is? Whatever. I don't know what what it is. Um, All right. So I wanted to hit you with that. A couple other things I I wanted to do. Number one, it's Bob Euchre, the great Bob Euchre's 90th birthday. Uh, The Brewers broadcaster. Of course, you've seen him on commercials, on TV shows. You know, Mr. Belvedere from back in the day. Uh, one of the funniest guys. The movie Major League is is he's an all time great, all time great, and he still does Brewers games. He does Brewers home games still at the age of ninety. Okay, that's unbelievable. 
So props to him mm-hmm. for that. Also, sadly, four years ago today, we lost Kobe Bryant in the helicopter crash. He and his, his daughter, uh, Gigi, others as well. Yeah. Uh, That's, on, on to, this day, to this day, that just seems so unreal. Oh, you, you know what it is, man? It's one of those tone where you, at least I remember where I was. So I, w- I, I, I was... I was walking the dog. I took my dog to a ch- like a little trail that we go to sometimes. And it was like rainy and kind of crappy, but I wanted to get her some exercise. So we're, she was one at the time. My dog's five now. So we, we take a walk. We're coming back from the walk and I'm, I'm about to get in my car. And my son shot me a text like, like, do you believe this or something? Yeah. I'm like, what, what, what <clears throat> do I believe? What? Like, what, what, what are you talking about? And I, and I that's why then I call him like, what, what do, you, what do I believe? What somebody make a trade? He's like, oh, you didn't hear. Like, no. And then, uh, then it was like, whoa, man. And I was teaching a class at Temple at the time. Um, and it was my first semester teaching there. Wow. And I blew off whatever we were doing the next day. And we just talked about Kobe Bryant and his influence. And, and you know, and it was like, it was a really, it, it was out of a terrible situation. It was a cool class because the, the kids really like, just came out of their shell and talked, you know, I have his, I have his sneaks or I, I love watching him play. And I know he's from, you know, the Philly area and you know, this and that. And it was, it was like, it was really touching, man. It, it was really people, the, the kids were really like, that was one of their heroes. You know, that was one of the guys that they watched play growing up and they could really relate to somebody that young dying that they had seen grow. It wasn't just some person who played in the 1980s or seventies or sixties. They, mm-hmm. they didn't, they can't relate to, you know, uh, uh, right on time. Yeah. I remember where I was. I was, I was in the middle of doing a podcast and literally I'm, I'm, you know, we're closing up and I'm just like, hold on, wait, what did you, did you, did you get this? And it was just, it was just, it was just unreal. It was unreal. Sad. I can't imagine. Obviously the circumstances where he died is just so gruesome. Can't imagine um, being his wife, being his family, having to identify the remains. That's terrifying. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, influence still, you know, obviously yeah. lives on to this day. Yes. No rest, rest, rest in paradise to one of the goats, one of the one of the greatest yeah. to ever do it. Rest in paradise, sir. All right. A couple other things here, uh, Tone. So uh, this is pretty cool. The uh, the football writers of America have named DeMar Hamlin the 2023 comeback player of the year. Of course, we know what happened at the end of last season when he he literally died on the field. Uh, was brought back to life through unbelievable work by you know EMTs and paramedics and trainers, and uh, made the Bills roster and played uh, this season for the Bills. The fact that he is alive is a miracle, and the fact that he's playing in the NFL is uh, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, man. So he gets the comeback player of the year and the most improved player, uh, Baker Mayfield. Pretty, okay. pretty fair. Hard to argue that one. Yes, I, I like. I'm rolling with that. Yeah, I mean, considering that. where, you know, he he was almost it looked like he was almost done when he got cut the previous year, and uh, the Rams grabbed him up. You remember, and he and he mm-hmm. just sort of he played that Thursday after being cut on Tuesday. I, that went a long way to kind of changing the perception of him, and and I think since then he's kind of toned some of the not antics. He's a fiery guy, but I think he's I think he's gained some respect from people. I think he's him. also matured. Yeah. I think he's also matured. Um, he's still who he is, but I think I, I just think he's matured. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I also feel like Baker Mayfield, I understand he's a he's a little bit of a firecracker, but I also feel like he kind of got a bad rap a little bit. 
Well, he's been you know in bad I mean? spots, Cleveland and, yeah. and some of the other spots he was. Yeah, in. it wasn't like he was. A, it wasn't like he was an off the field problem. You know, yeah, none of that. It, it was, that. you know, he's a. I don't know. I I I, I kind of like Baker Mayfield. So, yeah, I yeah. think he's a guy. I, I think, think he might have found a home in in Tampa. Yeah, get, at least at least for the next maybe two or three years or so. I could see them signing him to a two year deal. He gets yeah. two years or uh, him being know. him being their bridge guy. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think I, I think at best right now that's where he is in his career. Um, he's 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 going to be a bridge quarterback for maybe maybe another organization other than Tampa. You right. know, before he completely hangs it up. Um, that's just that's just where he is right now. He's going to be a serviceable guy, a bridge guy, and then eventually maybe on the back end he he kind of turns into that Ryan Fitzpatrick type of backup where he's just kind of floating around. Yeah, you know, he's a he's a he's a spark plug. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, if if he if he's your starting quarterback for you know, maybe three or four games. He can get you maybe two of them, you know. And, you know, uh, again, Baker Mayfield, congratulations. You can do a lot worse. You can do a lot worse. You can do a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, All right, so the Eagles, just to circle back to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, they're interviewing Mike Caldwell for a linebacker's coach job under Vic Fangio. Mm -hmm. Um, He interviewed – it's kind of got to be kind of weird. He interviewed for the D.C. job before Fangio got it. So that that's got to be a little bit strange to have your second interview for for a lesser position. But hey, if you want to work, I was just about to say that. Hey, you want a yeah. job, don't you? All right, don't, yeah. don't, don't take another personal. Yep. So we know that much. Uh, Joe Barry, who was the defensive coordinator in Green Bay, is also going to be interviewing for an assistant coach's job here. Uh, the names that we know offensively are, as of right now, Cliff Kingsbury, Kellen Moore, Jared Johnson. Um, Jim Bob Cooter's name's been floated a lot. That name is hilarious. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter. That sounds like the gambling name. Well, Jim you Bob better Cooter. be you better be good in Philadelphia if your name's Jim Bob Cooter. You better because they're gonna they're gonna just by your name they're gonna want to pounce on you whether it's right or wrong. Um, yeah. So that that's what we know. I would expect, just my guess, um, maybe by the end of next week they have an offensive coordinator in place. That way this, you can start filling out the rest of the staff. This time next combine's week. Combine's not far away, man. This time next week. That's reasonable. His name does sound like a moonshiner. Yes. Tell him it sounds like a moonshiner. Like a, moonshi- a guy in Kentucky or Tennessee that's illegally going Jim over state Bob lines. He's delivering it over state lines illegally to to his to his buddies, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Hey, for sure. Hey, hey, Robert, did you get the call? Call from Maybe that should have been. Jim Bob. That Jim should Bob be Cooter. my alias name. Jim Bob Cooter. I told you. Or or the porn star name. Jim yeah. Bob Cooter. W- Willie Hillside and yours was? Willie Hillside and mine was Ashley Glenwood. I like that. They're both good. <laughs> They're both really good, man. Um, yeah, so that's uh that's kind of what we're looking at here. And and obviously, whatever um additional defensive assistance they bring on board here, and well, that'll also tell us you know, how many guys are getting cleaned out, you know, on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, yeah. I just want I just want to put this stuff behind us so we can have some stability, at least for the next foreseeable um months. You know, you got the DC, hire the OC so we can kind of just okay, we can kind of plan beyond that. Um I hate this stage of limbo. Yeah, I'm with you. Like the I like knowing that way I can really start focusing too on the draft a little bit more um and who it's going to be. And I also want, by some of the people that they bring in, I think we're going to have a better understanding 
of what what they're prioritizing. Like right now, it looks like they may be prioritizing linebacker a little bit more. I'm happy about that. I hope so. You know, I hope so, man. But as of right now, who knows? Who knows? Hey, listen, um, Kyle brings up something interesting. What if the Eagles sign Saquon Barkley? Um. I, I, well, 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 number one, money aside, would you do it? Yes. Money okay. aside, I'd do it. Okay. Um, because he's a good runner and good pass catcher. And good blocker. He yeah. blocks well in pass protection. I would definitely do it. I think because they have so many issues defensively, you're not going to see them spend on a running back, even if they didn't have issues defensively. I don't think they're going to spend what Saquon's going to get. But then again, what's Saquon going to get? What does any running back get anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, like if he's not um, tagged, what's he? I don't think he's going to get as much money as he would if he was tagged from anybody because That's people good. just, you could get multi years, yeah. but I think he's going to get less AAV than I think. What did he get? Nine and nine and change or 10? It was like, uh, I believe it was 10, something like that. He's not um, getting that much. I, yeah, I really don't think he's getting that much per year. Yeah. Cause he didn't get the, um, he obviously didn't, uh, get franchised he was about to but then they ended up working out a deal but let's yeah, just they, go they, they throw him a little bit of a bone let's go through it real quick so as of right now McCaffrey is the highest paid um running back with an average salary of 16 million Alvin Kamara 15 million Jonathan Taylor 14 million Derrick Henry 12.5 million Nick Chubb 12.2 million Aaron Jones 12 million and then there's a huge drop off from there from mm-hmm. 12 million to 7 million with James Conner making that 7 million um Miles Sanders Making six point three million, who's not earning that contract at all? Um, David Montgomery at six million, Joe Mixon at five point seven, um, who actually who actually took a pay cut to stay with the Bengals. Um, Bijan Robinson at five point four on the rookie deal. Then you got Cordell Patterson at five point two, which is a, the, the tag. Gus Edwards at four point five million. That's the tag. Um, and that's the twenty twenty four running back so not not even twenty twenty three. Um, so. Where do we where where does um a Saquon Barkley fall, right? Where does a DeAndre Swift fall in those categories? A Derrick Henry, where do those guys fall in these respective categories? Um, I think Derrick Henry is going to get between six and twelve million. Um, I think the same goes for Saquon Barkley. I could see them getting between six and twelve, but yep. it all depends who wants to give it to him and, and, and the years matter as well. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I, I don't, yeah, I don't see anything any more than that. All right. That'll do it for us. Uh, been a fun week as always. Of course. Uh, don't go anywhere. Cause you got tone and Dan Cilio with the national football show, but thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks to everybody streaming, everybody listening tone, have yourself a, a great weekend, man. And, Willie Hillside, uh, I'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah. Ashley. What? Ashley Glenwood. Ashley Glenwood. Uh, you have yourself a great weekend. <laughs> Uh, as well so everybody be good and we're uh oh we, we'll do I, I know we we talked about it we'll do the back or buy eagles free agents we'll, we'll yes. close that to monday so we'll, we'll tackle that on monday so we will we'll take care of it uh anyway so everybody have a great rest of your weekend be safe and we will see you on monday same time same channel appreciate you guys thanks
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.